Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. From the Kiss 925 studios in Toronto, Canada. Oh! This is Roz yes. and Mocha. It's Roz and Mocha. What's going on? Hey, I'm Sean Mendes. This is Selena Gomez. Drizzy Drake. Taylor Swift. Post Malone. Camila Cabello. This is Ed Sheeran. You're listening to my boys, Roz and Mocha. Right here. Turn up. My boys, Roz, Roz and Mocha. Mocha. The Roz and Mocha Show. I can see uh, Between Roz and Mocha, who is your favorite? Roz. Mocha. Roz. Roz. I just woke up. You guys are so funny, man. Zoom went down for two hours yesterday in the U.S. Oh, no. Yeah. People didn't know what to do with themselves. Because how do you work? You're like, oh, no, I'm not going to rush to fix the problem. <laughs> well, because in the States also, like, kids are going, kids are back at school in the States, right? Yeah. Like, Zoom classes are happening. And for two hours yesterday, there was no Zoom. And Zoom gave absolutely no reason for the outage. Oh, really? They didn't say anything? No. No. I think that Zoom, if I was Zoom, I would be pissy. Because what normally happens in a situation like this is you create an app that nobody knows about. Then in the world, there becomes a great need for it. And then that little thing you created is suddenly bought up by Apple or Google or one of those things. Microsoft. And then, Microsoft. And then, then you just go and you count your billions, uh-huh. right? But nobody bought Zoom yet. So I'd be given like random outages as well. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a kid, you got to listen to this video. So there's a kid who was doing a Zoom class and I've been busted with my mic on too on Zoom before you're recording and you're just talking in the background. I'm talking to Catherine of Roxy and yeah. I forget my thing because I have my ear pods in, right? Yeah. So I just walk around the house talking while I'm waiting. And then what, do you hear you? Somebody's like, hey, by the way. No, it's only when nobody interrupts you. Oh. Nobody interrupts you. Because they want to know if you're going to talk yeah. about them. It's <laughs> only when you come back and you sit down in front of the camera do they go, hey man, your mic was on. <laughs> and you're like, right? oh, And man. I'm like, I was gone 10 minutes, had a full conversation. And then man. you have to recount yeah. every single thing that you said. I'm like, one of you 12 people could have said, hey, your mic's on. Yeah. But you I'll just sit there in silence, yeah, hoping for the thing. Anyway, so there's a video of a kid who was in like a Zoom class, and <laughs> he thought that his mic was muted when he got pissy with his teacher. So listen to this. I'm on a Zoom call and the teacher is like, turn your camera on, just mute your mic. Just don't be in bed or in the bathroom or like in your kitchen. Where else am I supposed to go? I don't got like 18 bedrooms. (laughs) Okay, easy, easy now. You can be in your kitchen. I didn't say anything about not being in the kitchen. I just said you need to be in an appropriate place. Oh and I was just giving some examples. God, I thought you I was. You can be in your bedroom. I just mean don't be in bed under the blankets. Okay. <laughs> just died inside. Oh my god! Oh my god! That is the worst. 
I have to hear that again. That's so funny. I'm on a Zoom call and the teacher is like, turn your camera on. Just also, notice the tone. Oh, like, oh, tough talk, oh, right? Tough. I'm on a Zoom call and the teacher is like, turn your camera on. Just mute your mic. Just don't be in bed or in the bathroom or like in your kitchen. Where else am I supposed to go? I don't got like 18 bedrooms. Okay, easy. Easy now. You can be in your kitchen. I didn't say anything about not being in the kitchen. I just said you need to be in an appropriate place. Oh my. And I was just giving some examples. God, I thought you I was... You can be in your bedroom. I just mean don't be in bed under the blankets. Okay? <laughs> Busted! This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. You see the Brokini story from yesterday? The what? The Brokini. Brokini? These two guys, I think they're from Toronto, started the Brokini. Google, no. I, I can't describe it for you. Just grab your phone right now and Google Brokini. Um, so it oh, is. Oh, no, is this going to ruin like future searches for me now? Who knows? It's worth and, like, it. Like ads though. popping up? No, come on. Doesn't work that way. We Bro-ki- all know that. That's an urban myth. <laughs> Brokini. So it's a, like a Speedo. Bruh, come on now. What is this? <laughs> what? Okay. It's like a Speedo bottom with a single, like, shoulder strap singlet. So it's not like, it's almost like the Borat one, which had no sides. This one has sides on the bottom. So it's like a bikini bottom, like a Speedo bottom. And then instead, instead of, like, old school, two suspender straps coming up, they just do like the Andre the Giant one where it's just one shoulder strap. It's over there, uh, the, the right shoulder. That holds the, the whole thing up. This isn't real. Well, so somebody tweeted them or somebody wrote them. And uh, they said this. The person wrote, I know I sound naive, but is this brokini real or just for a laugh? And then they replied, it's real in the sense that we spent 5K on it and we're about to have 250 of them sitting in my parents' garage for the next five years. <laughs> so, and you don't wear Speedos, right? No. No, you don't. What's the, what's the smallest you'll go? Uh, probably, I usually wear like board shorts. Yeah. Well, probably like mid-thigh, I'd say. Right. I never go higher than that. Never. Feels weird. Never. Never. You never upper thigh it, right? No. No, not even like a, um, you're not like a Speedo, but like a boxer brief shape kind of thing where it's. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean by yeah, that, Yeah, not right? that short. No. Not huh? that short. No, really? that's too short. What do you, are you a Speedo? You're a Speedo I, guy. I have, I have all, Speedos, right? I have all lengths and sizes. I have a gold Speedo that I love a lot with like red laces. It's real sexy. Okay. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have that one. I got a black one. I have like a shiny black one. I have, I have a, I, I have one Speedo that is so small. First of all, it's not even a Speedo. It is, I went to a specialty store years ago, like in the late nineties, because I desperately wanted one uh-huh. and it was impossible to find in retail. So I had to travel far. I remember I took the subway and then I had to take a bus, yeah. right? And then I got off that bus and I took another bus to go to some distribution center uh, where they um, sell like workout equipment professionally to gyms because that was the only place that I could find one of those tiny, tiny, tiny little Speedos that like the bodybuilders wear at Mr. Universe. You know, with like the, you know, with like the tiny little sides. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I wanted one of those so bad. Wow. That you I, are hardcore. Yeah, hardcore. Right. Anyway. So they say about the Brokini that, uh, 
they started going to bachelor parties. And when you go to a bachelor party, people wear like crazy outfits and stuff like this. And so they thought that this would be like a good thing to just sort of wear as a goof, I guess. But but there's the picture of it right there. Oh, right? my. You don't think that that's sexy at that's all, That's not no, for me. It's not? <laughs> no, no thanks. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Still got time in the summer to look sexy, fellas. I still don't know if we're being goofed on. I really don't, because I know we were talking about this earlier, about the brocchini. Uh, these two guys from Toronto named Taylor and Chad who invented the brocchini. It's kind of like a bikini bottom, like a Speedo bottom, but with one shoulder strap that goes up over the man's shoulder. And it's kind of sexy, I guess, depending on... What you find Listen, sexy. If Esquire is writing about this, it's got to be real. But I just wonder if we're being goofed on, though. So uh, uh, Taylor, what's Taylor's last name? Taylor Field is one of the co-owners, co-creators of the Brokini. Yo, Taylor, what up, man? It's Roz and Mocha. Hey, Roz and Mocha. How's it going? Good, buddy. How are you? We're doing well. Yeah, I guess, huh? It's been an interesting uh, last 12 hours or so, yeah. So, you still got those brokinis and boxes in the garage? Uh, Chad's parents are happy that some of the space is finally getting cleared out, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, now, am I, it cannot be lost on you, though, and I don't mean to generalize or build on stereotypes, but two guys named Taylor and Chad invented the brokini. This sounds fictional. It really does, actually. And both of our moms are named Karen, so that just adds No! To- <laughs> no! Oh! Wow! Can 2020 get any more weird? Okay. So we were wondering, and it looks very, it looks very much real, but what was the, well, I guess, what was the inspiration for the brokini? Honestly, um, it just came from going to bachelor parties and, wearing crazier and crazier outfits and wanting something for the beach and this is what was born from it so it's sort of like that borat thing that he wore to promote that movie but only you you went with the single strap as opposed to the double strap and then you added sides so it is the full bikini bottom right yeah i mean there's no doubt that borat wore it best You, you can't beat that but the brokini you can wear everywhere (laughs) <laughs> um, and the, the Borat uh, one is a little more risque. Right. Um, I did, now, I didn't see the back. Is it full bum or is it thong? It's full bum. It's full bum. Okay, cool. Is there, are there plans for like Brokini 2.0 where it's like a thong? <laughs> um, I mean, if we can sell enough, we're always open to great ideas. Yeah, like don't the, don't like be the, ridiculous, Mocha. Like the bro, <laughs> let me see, like the bro thongy? <laughs> the bro thongy, there you go. Uh, so the, the, the big question is, everybody saw this and we all had a laugh and then it went viral and everybody's, everybody's running with it but the big question is are you guys serious i mean yeah we're, we're serious about it I, we we went into it with not a lot of expectations because honestly we thought who else other than our our friends would wear this thing but now that it's gotten some exposure it turns out a lot of people would wear this thing which is fantastic yeah. are you guys getting orders now uh yeah things sort of went pretty crazy over the last 12 hours like i said how much is it um uh, it's $40. That's not bad. Oh, that's a pretty good price. So, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it's cheaper than a high-end men's bathing suit. Have you sold out enough that are in Chad's mom's garage right now that you have to go and, like, produce more? Yeah, we've reached back out to the manufacturer to try to get more. Oh, damn. What wow. sizes do they come in? Because I worry that you have to have a perfect body like you and Chad in order to pull this off. Um, they they come in small, medium, large, and um, we, we both wear a large. Yeah. Um, but we find that they actually fit most body types really well. But if I you're, if like you're a little shorter yeah. and thicker. The large, the large still works really well. But I worry that with the, with the the shoulder strap, 
that like my belly's gonna hang on, like I'll be like disproportionately pushed off to one side oh, because yeah. of that. You know what I mean? Because I'm a tall guy too, right? So if that strap, if that strap doesn't have a lot of give, everything underneath is gonna be riding up, <laughs> and then my belly's gonna be pushed over. Like I just worry that this isn't a brokini for the people. Well, I think you'd be surprised, so maybe we'll have to send you on and see how it looks. Okay, I would, <laughs> I would be honored. Oh, what colors do they come in? They're, first of all, the patterns are beautiful that you guys chose. Oh, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll have to get one out to you. Are you a, a pineapple guy or a flamingo guy? Flamingo. Oh. 100% flamingo. You could have asked me that. I would have told you flamingo. How dare you even ask? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely flamingo. Uh, I'm 6'4". So what is like the max height? Because oftentimes, like I've in, in, in the past tried to buy overalls and the bottoms look real great. But as soon as I go to put up the, 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 the shoulder straps, like I, I get tears in my eyes because it just pulls everything in the groin up so hard. So you do your best. I'm 6'4". Um, super skinny arms, super skinny legs little bit of a pot belly. Just imagine putting one of these on Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Will do. Um, we have friends that, that wear it just like that, so I'm sure it'll work. Okay, go. good. All right. Uh, Taylor Field, one of the uh, creators <laughs> of the Brokini. Thank you very much for joining us on the Roz and Mocha Show. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl! Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Roz, you're like the wind with those hungry eyes. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Hungry eyes. That was such a great song. Uh, it is the anniversary of Dirty Dancing today. 33 years ago. That's crazy. Dirty Dancing came out. And uh, we're going to open up the Johnny Depp School of Acting. The way that this goes is uh, from the sort of, I, I guess, I don't even know what you call it, technique of Johnny Depp where he doesn't memorize his scripts anymore. He just wears a thing in his ear, an earpiece in his ear, and then somebody sits off set and reads him his lines to him, and then he just performs them on set. So as we found out over the years, this is very difficult. So Dammit Maury has an earpiece in his ear. Uh, he has no script in front of him. I have Dammit Maury's script in front of me. Uh, you have a script in front of you, Mocha, so you're okay. going to be okay with this. Uh, Mocha, you will be playing the part of... <gasps> Mocha, you get to be baby. Yes! <laughs> yes! Amazing. Uh, damn it, Maury. Nobody you, puts me in the corner. <laughs> you get to be... Uh, you get to be Johnny. Nice. And uh, so here we go. Um, Johnny Depp School of Acting, Dirty Dancing Edition, 33rd anniversary. Woo! Moms Mo and aunts going nuts right now. Mocha and Maury, scene one, and action. Have you had many women? Baby, come on. Tell me. I want to know. No, look. You got to understand what it's like, baby. You come into the streets. Oh, these women, they're throwing themselves at you. They spell good. Oh, they take care of themselves. They eat meat. They women, they, I don't know, they, you know, they're so rich. They're goddamn rich. <laughs> they wear suits. They see everything stop, else. Stop, they stop. slid into the rooms all in their hands. <laughs> Those meat-eating, well-spelling women. <laughs> I, I think we gotta try that again. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, okay. I, I'm not sure that that's what was on the script. Just Same way here. They okay. eat meat. They spell well. Okay. okay. The well spelled meat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, joining up School of Acting, Maury and Mocha, um, Dirty Dancing, 33rd Anniversary Edition, and take two, action! Have you had many women? Baby, come on. <laughs> Tell me, I want to know. No, look, you got to understand, it's like this, baby. You come from the streets, South Serapian. <laughs> They're throwing themselves at you. They smell good. They take care of themselves. They oh, they eat meat. They never know what they're going to be. Read, they're rich. They're so bloody <laughs> That's all the, right. I understand. The, the, word, the word was rich. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the word was rich. <laughs> one more time, Maury. Oh, I'm yeah. Many times you need. Okay. Till we get uh, yeah, it. one more time. Okay, one more time. Okay. <laughs> Signing up School of Acting, Dirty Dancing Edition, Anniversary, okay. 33 Years, Hoorah. Uh, here we go. Uh, take three. And action. Have you had many women? Baby, come on. Tell me. I want to know. No, look, you gotta understand what it's like, baby. You come from the streets, South European. They're throwing themselves at you. They spell good. They literally take care of themselves. I mean, I never knew women can't eat like that. They're so rich. You must know everything. They're slipping their wrists. <laughs> Three or four times a day. Different women are in here. Oh, they're sorry and big. Oh, they eat cake. Oh, they scrape it off the floor. <laughs> Sorry. Right? I understand. You were just using them. That's all. <laughs> and, so, so, scene. and scene. So just so you know, um, it, slitting their wrists was slipping me their room keys. <laughs> was the line. What was eating cake off the floor? There's nothing in there that even resembles that. <laughs> you just made that part up. <laughs> anyway, happy 33rd anniversary to Dirty Dancing. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Man, it sucks to be a Karen these days, huh? No, it's so bad. You know? <laughs> Sorry, Karens. Uh, so a couple of things. One, apparently Karen the movie is going to happen. No. Starring Taryn Manning from Orange is the New Black as a racist entitled Southern woman trying to get rid of her new African-American neighbors. Um, her name in the movie, the character's name in the movie is actually Karen White. Oh, no. <laughs> and apparently her neighbors are Black Lives Matter supporters, and Karen is scheduled to uh, hit theaters next year. Um, and because of the videos, and there's so many videos of people calling other women Karen for just acting outrageous, the story then became, well, who started this? Who labeled these types of people Karen? And... Back in the day, you can trace it to Dane Cook, but not this kind of Karen, like not the sort of like racist, whatever Karen, mm -hmm. but his version of Karen, if I believe, and we can listen to a clip in a second, was that the Karen was the, the person in the female group of friends that nobody really liked, right? Like, I think that that's what it was. This is Dane Cook. There is one person in every group of friends that nobody likes. <laughs> Oh, no. To basically keep them there to hate their guts. <laughs> when that person is not around the rest of your little base camp, your hobby is cutting that person down. Example, Karen is always a douchebag. <laughs> Every group has a Karen and she's always a bag of douche. 
And when she's not around, you just look at each other and go, God, Karen, she's such a douchebag. Until she walks up and then you're like, hey, what's up, Karen? <laughs> okay, so so I, uh, I interviewed Dane Cook the other day for Entertainment Tonight Canada, and uh, this is what he had to say about creating Karen. Your name has been thrown around a lot over the last year and a half oh, no. because, because of the question of who created Karen? Oh, man, you know that's crazy you asked me that because I've been seeing that quite a bit. You know, people tweet me or DM me. Um, yeah, it, it's been kind of interesting because I had a Karen routine back in like 06 or 07 on one of my specials that uh, people just brought, brought back to life saying, Dane Cook started this, but I don't know if it was necessarily what we're seeing today. And that, that wasn't my goal in terms of, I guess, pinning it on a... Uh, uh, such a turbulent time. Yeah, but do you, are you reluctant to take credit for it? Well, I definitely think that I take credit that the, the name for me was always associated <laughs> with people that were off-putting. The funny thing is I had to, I had to take that rebuttal and, and swap it out because now I've got a lot of Karen friends over the years. Oh, you do? Oh, no. I think Karen <laughs> seeked me out because they wanted to somehow let me know I was so wrong. And uh, and so I stand by many Karens today. Oh, no. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so now he's friends with Karens. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Yahuda. Hey What's up? It's Roz and Mocha. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? Okay, Roz, let me read you this. Okay. This is what Yehuda sent to us. What should I have done? I'm at a hotel pool with my wife. A hot lady in a bikini is standing in front of me with shards of toilet paper hanging from her behind. <laughs> should I have said something? Tan body, coral blue bikini, okay, and white okay. toilet paper that stood out like a hairy mole on the face of Kim Kardashian. Wow. I, of course, want to be courteous, but don't want to be labeled a voyeur in this day and age. What should I have done? Is this a true story? Are you making this up to get on the radio? Uh, 100% true. 100% I mean, true. Uh, it was 100% true. Wait a minute. When did this happen, though? Sunday. On Sunday? It's Sunday. But are you asking if you should have told her uh, that she had toilet paper hanging out of her bikini? Well, it's kind of conundrum. I mean, you know, you, you know, it's it's standing out. You know, no, no, no. the answer the, the answer to your question is you do nothing. Yeah. Did your wife notice? Yeah, I pointed it out to her. Yeah, and what'd she say? Uh, she kind of shook her head and said, "I just don't say anything." Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, okay. So uh, whether whether you're telling the truth or you're not, I will give you the answer to what you should do in that situation, and I will repeat it. The thing that you do in that situation, if you are at a pool and you see a woman that you do not know in a bikini with toilet paper hanging to the back, you do nothing. She does not need you to be her hero. Was she there with anybody? She was there with a friend or her kids. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think not, they uh, really noticed. It was just kind of uh, like... Somebody would have noticed at yes, some point. This is, not, this is not your... It is not your job to point that out. At all. Well, yeah, thanks. Well, I appreciate because, you know... It's, you know what is the, what is the pool advocate for for telling somebody it's, that you know it's not, you got toilet paper hanging from your behind? No, 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 nobody nobody needs you to 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 be the hero in that situation. Okay, even if even if finding out is embarrassed, she doesn't need some man stranger that she doesn't know walking up well, saying, "Hey, not. between your butt cheeks, you have toilet paper." She doesn't need that's gonna that is the one thing out of all the things that she doesn't need. This is probably on the top of the list of things that she does not need while she's at the pool. Somebody will let her know or she'll figure it out on her own. But you, we are always so like, 
Remember when we had the conversation of where if uh, I saw somebody fall in a mall, I wouldn't help them up? Uh-huh. And I got and I got railed for that? Because here's the thing. You look at them, you assess them, you can tell whether they're injured or not, and most likely they're going to get up, they're going to grab their bags, and they're going to hope nobody saw. Brush right? it off and walk. I'm not one of these people that rushes over and goes, oh my God, are you okay? Do you need help? They don't need a hero in that situation. Okay, that's not what they're looking for. They need to be ignored, and they will figure it out on their own. They'll get through it on their own, or somebody will tell them discreetly that is maybe their friend, but they don't need you to be the hero. Yeah. Mind your business. Mind your business, man. Okay, <laughs> let her go about her life. It's it's weird. It's weird that you have to even ask what you should do. Well, thanks. I just, you know, appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, weirdo. Thanks so much. All right, man. You take care, <laughs> brother. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Question for you. Yeah. How long can you hold your breath for? Oh, a long time. Like how long? I don't know. Maybe like a minute and some. Yeah? Yeah. Roxy's really into holding her breath in the pool. Yeah. She's up over a minute now. Really? Yeah. How listen, long can you hold your breath Listen for? to this. Not like a minute or something like that. Yeah. Kate Winslet, who is shooting, she shot the two Avatar sequels. Yeah. So she reunited with James Cameron. Okay. From Titanic. And we know that James Cameron expects a lot from the stars that are in his movies. And one of the things that Kate Winslet had to do in order to film Avatar was she had to learn how to free dive. She says this, I had to learn how to free dive to play the role in Avatar. And that was just incredible. My longest breath hold was seven minutes, 14 <gasps> seconds. Get out of here. Okay, that's long. Seven minutes, 14 seconds is what no Kate Winslet. way. Yeah, yeah. While still doing like body movement and stuff? While still doing body, underwater while no being way. filmed. You got to train. You know how long you have to train to do stuff like this that? This is what I'm saying. Hold on. If she could hold her breath that long, why should she let Jack sink though? But why is it even <laughs> necessary with everything that James Cameron can do in a movie? Digitally. Right? He <laughs> invented it. Like, with everything that James Cameron can do in a movie, why is it necessary Maybe for, she wanted to. for Kate Winslet to learn how to hold her breath for seven Maybe minutes she and 14 to. seconds? Maybe she's like Tom Cruise, who likes to do his own stunts, because hang it, off of planes and stuff. Because if you see the, the pool that they shoot this in, right? Yeah. Like there's pictures of it. So it's a massive body of water. And on top of the water is hundreds of thousands of tiny little ping pong balls okay. that sit on top of the water that will then all be rendered in and everything else. So they're submerged underneath all those all those ping pong balls yeah. doing whatever it is that they need to do for the for the film in order for everything to just be like perfect. So yeah, so she can hold her breath for 7 minutes and 14 seconds. What did you say you could do? Oh, I could do well over a minute. You think you could do over a minute? Easy. More, how long can you hold your breath for, Maureen? When I play fetch a rock with my brothers in the pool, I can go for longer than a minute. No, you can't. Yeah. You think so? Guaranteed. You, you think you can go longer than a minute right now? Yeah. Okay. I have to stand. Shem, come in here for a second. I need you to judge Maury. Well, he judges and, and me like, every day. Just judge him on other on only holding his breath. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to be here all day. Yes, yeah. I, I can. No, I can time you it. Time I, can, it? Okay. I can time it. I can time it. Are you going to time it, Shem? Okay, you time it. Okay, so here's the thing: is that we have to go and and you have to put your faces right up close to your microphones. Yeah. So if you take even a tiny little breath, I'm going to hear. Okay, no problem. And you can't breathe through your nose. What's that? You can't breathe That's, through. We, we know we're not breathing through our nose. I'm just saying, there's holding rules. Your breath. There's yeah, rules. The rules. Holding your breath. I know, but yeah, I'm just saying. No, no, stop. Okay, stop. 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 I don't have to explain to people you're not allowed to breathe through your nose while doing a holding your breath challenge. <laughs> okay? It's assumed. And you're not allowed to pinch your nose either. 
Just we're, we're free See, diving. So that should be assumed too. We're free diving. Okay, yeah. Now. Okay. Okay. So again, Kate Winslet did seven minutes, 14 seconds. Okay. Not to be weird, but I'm going to yeah. close my eyes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just don't like, you know, okay. I don't, don't worry, I like you with your eyes. I don't worry. I like you with your eyes. I'm be like, why is this guy closing his eyes? Yeah. No, no, no. Don't, okay. worry, don't, don't worry about that. Okay, I might so, sway back so, and forth. Okay. So, uh, Shem, you're going to keep an eye on Maury okay. and I'm going to keep an eye on Mocha. Okay. Okay. So timer. Yeah. Gentlemen, are you ready? Yes. Okay, so big. Uh, I'm going to count down from three. Yep. During that countdown from three is when you do your big deep breath in. When yep. I say go, Shem, you hit the clock. Okay, here we go. And three, two, one, hold. Okay, Mocha's eyes are closed. Maury is just staring straight ahead. It seems like Mocha's up on his on his tippy toes. Mocha's posture is shoulders back. Head up just a little tiny bit, very zen-like. Maury is already moving his shoulders up and down. His hands are in his pockets. His, he's standing. He chose to stand, not sit. Uh, his legs are spread a little bit farther than shoulder length apart. I think that that's like some sort of power stance to help him, I don't know, hold it in or something. Mocha has not moved at all. A tiny little bit of just natural sway back and forth. Mocha has not moved. Maury staring straight ahead. What, are, what time are we at right now, Sean? We're at 45 seconds. 45 seconds. Thank you. So again, finding out who can hold their breath. The longest, as we learned this morning, Kate Winslet on the set of Avatar learned how to free dive because James Cameron is a wild man and expects everything from the actors in his movies. And she did seven minutes, 14 seconds. Oh, you can bit. learn how to do that. Maury seven minutes and 14 seconds. A little bit. Maury's starting to sway a little. His eyes are closed. Maury started out with his eyes open and his eyes are closed. Should I hold him? No, no, no. You're good. Okay. You're good. His eyes are now fluttering back and forth. Mocha. <laughs> okay. okay. Maury's done. What was Maury? 123. 123. Mocha is still going. Still going. Still going. Now, I can't see Mocha's chest to find out if he's cheating or not. I don't think he is. Well, he's starting to sway now as well. Yeah, the swaying happens, which is interesting. <sighs> wow. Okay, there's Mocha. What did okay. Mocha do? 145. 145. I have, a, I have a question. Okay, go ahead. Can I start back now and add to my time? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Oh, boy, oh, boy, do I have a treat for you. Oh, no. Why? What's going on? So, Dan and Maury from the Raza Mocha Show, he reads uh, some of the commercials that you may hear on this radio station. Oh, no. And getting to the final product of what you hear it's is a very, so very hard. long, long, long journey. <laughs> and we have like a number of examples of the outtakes right. from commercial readings, sessions that Maury has done, has been in. And the reason I bring this up is because we have a new one. Oh, good. So... I'll give you the option. Been a new one in a while. We can either hear the new one first and yeah. then go through the classics. Okay. Or we go through the classics and then I'll let you hear the the new one. Uh, no, let's go. We let's go from from beginning to end here. Let's go through some of the classics because okay. I haven't heard these in a real long time. Okay. So that one time when Dammit Mori was reading a commercial for. America's Got Talent. It's America's Got Talent night on City. Don't miss another round of auditions and jaw. <laughs> it's America's Got Talent night on City. Don't miss another round of audi auditions. <laughs> so he was having trouble wow. getting through the word uh, auditions. Yeah. Uh, the next one we have is more screwing up while quantities last. 
And you'll also enjoy a $5 coupon for a visit in January. Wild quantities last. Wild quantities... Wild quantities last. Wild quantity... <laughs> Wild quantities last... <laughs> also January. <laughs> and then there was a time he was reading a commercial for... Um, <laughs> a golf course. Think again and discover the Flex membership with the Cooper Crop Copper Crook Copper Crook Crook Golf Club <laughs> Copper Crook Copper Crook Creek Copper Copper Creek Golf Group Copper Creek Golf Group Copper Crack Copper Cooper Crack Copper Creek Golf Group <laughs> Think again and discover the Flex membership from the Copper Crook <laughs> <laughs> there's and there's hundreds of them. Uh, there's hundreds of and them. then there's the car dealership one. No, this is not a curling commercial. But you really do need to hurry into Dixie Mitsubishi. To, but you really do need to hurry into Dixie Mitsubishi to mitts, 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 mitts. Like mitts on your mitts on your arm hand. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more classic. One more. Okay. We was trying to get through saying the word saying the word brewery. Oh. A microbrewery with a microbrewery. Microbrewery. <laughs> micro microbrewery. Micro <laughs> Micro brewery. How do you say the like the actual word brewery? Brewery. <laughs> a micro brewery with it. <laughs> it's not right. Blah 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 blah. A micro brewery with an on-site coffee roaster, restaurant, and bakery. <laughs> wow. Brewery. <laughs> so the new one that we have. Brewery. Uh, the new one that we have. Micro brewery. The line that David Morey is to deliver is. The market is red hot. Interest rates at record lows. 1.9% for five years. Oh, that's a lot of tough ones. The market is red hot. <laughs> the market is red hot. No. The market is red hot. Interest rates is record low. <laughs> the market is red hot. <laughs> <clears throat> the market is red hot. Interest rates at record lows. 1.9% for five years. Is that good? <laughs> <laughs> the market is red hot. Interest rates at record lows. <laughs> sound like a T-Rex, man. That's crazy. All right, we got to get it together, guys. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. There's a new documentary dropping on Friday on demand everywhere called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Yeah, this is David Arquette, like the David Arquette you know, and he is so into wrestling and he was like shunned by the wrestling fans, his people years ago. And this is like sort of his redemption and he takes it seriously and tackles the demons of the past. And this is like crazy David Arquette. David Arquette, what up? Welcome back to the Roz and Mocha Show. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? We're doing good. I think we can, can uh, gladly confirm that you cannot, in fact, kill David Arquette. <laughs> good. But, man, oh, you, can, you, can, you can come close, though, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can get into a lot of trouble. Uh, so, Based on everything that we've seen in this documentary, now, how bad does your body hurt on the daily? Oh, 
I've had a real bad neck thing for the last couple of days. I mean, these things just kind of uh, keep sneaking up on you. It's <laughs> it takes a toll on your body. It just you know, it's always something. You were doing, uh, it was almost 20 years ago now, or maybe it was 20 years ago, when you were promoting Ready to Rumble and you had an opportunity because you're a huge wrestling fan to go and be a part of WCW, which I'm sure was like a dream come true. And then they decided to write it in that you were going to win the belt. And who wouldn't say no to that anyway? But this culture and these fans in this world that you love so much turned on you and developed a hatred for you and what you did to wrestling that it is now taking you 20 years to sort of rectify. Is that correct? Kind of. Yeah, it is correct. I mean, Vince Russo really was the writer and the sort of boss at WCW at the time. So he's, you know, he's taken the majority of the heat. Um, I'm sort of just lumped in with him and everyone's hatred of sort of the direction wrestling went at that time. So you decided to, to jump back in the ring after a heart attack, after getting sober, you got three kids, a decent life, and you decide to what? You decide to start training and because you had like wounds that you needed to heal from the past or what was the actual motivation for wanting to sort of gain the respect from from that world? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that was mainly the motivation to gain respect and just rewrite my ending, not allow people to just kind of put you in a box and say, this is who you are, deal with it. I wanted to, uh, you know, prove to them that I was tough, that I could stand up to these guys, that I couldn't be pushed around. And how lately, how have the wrestling community been treating you? Have they kind of stayed the course as what they've been the past 20 years or have they come around after seeing you at shows and seeing your performance? Well, you're always going to have haters and detractors and all that. So um, they're still out there. But uh, for the most part, I think uh, people understood where I was coming from and the fact that I paid my dues and really, you know, started from the bottom and learned the ropes. Uh, I, th I think that had a a positive effect. I think people are supporting the journey and understand where I was coming from. And I know it's wrestling and when everything is taken to be taken with a grain of salt, but you know, things still hurt. Was there a time when people were saying some really terrible things about you that maybe you started to believe them? And are you out of that sort of phase now? Or how did you get out of that phase? Yeah, well, I realized that, you know, when people say things mean on the internet it really only hurts if you've been telling yourself that same kind of thing right yeah it only really hurts if it kind of like touches a chord and uh i'd been telling myself a lot of stuff so yeah part of the journey was you know establishing confidence and a love for myself that i didn't beat myself up as you know all the time and and i don't know just sort of have a more positive kind of self-esteem and then just kind of take it into wrestling yeah. <laughs> are you still in are you still in wrestling true. shape now like if you were to hop into a ring right now yeah i could i could wrestle right now you could yeah. tussle right now huh pretty, 
Yeah, I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape at the moment. Yeah. So what's the what's the future or hold for you? Like, do you think you want to pursue this even more now, and maybe take it to some place like the WWE or AEW or uh, another independent? Well, I really love wrestling with RJ City, my tag team partner. That's sort of uh, my favorite when we go out together because he's a veteran and. You know, he just knows how to look out for pitfalls and, and knows how to sort of protect the business. You know, I, I'm open to it. it. It sort of wasn't really the point. And uh, the point was to just sort of talk to the fans directly, to involve the fans directly. So what is happening with, what's the status right now on Scream? Scream 5, yeah. Uh, well, Courtney Cox has signed up. Uh, we have a bunch of incredible Younger actors, uh, Jenna Ortega and uh, a lot of other new faces that are coming aboard. We're waiting to see if Nev Campbell joins us. Is that going to happen? What do you know? Are you guys talking to Nev at all? Uh, I'm not. That's sort of out of our league. That's really up to them. I mean, we have incredible directors. The guys that did Ready or Not are doing it. So it'll be good to carry on Wes's legacy and just... uh, make another film that hopefully fans enjoy. There's uh, there's one moment in uh, in your your movie where Courtney says, uh, we met on Scream 1, we fell in love on Scream 2, we hated each other during Scream 3, and we got divorced during Scream 4. Um, but yet you guys are still super tight, and your daughter seems really cool. Um, are you anticipating, or do you even have any involvement, or what can you tell us about this Friends reunion that everybody's been waiting for for like 20 years? <laughs> I don't really know about the Friends reunion. I mean, we are co-parents, so we we connect on that level quite a bit. You don't ask you don't ask questions like you have no interest. No, I have no interest. <laughs> <laughs> David Arquette, such a pleasure to chat with you today. Uh, you cannot kill David Arquette is a documentary uh, on demand everywhere this Friday, brother. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. For some people, it is payday. And already this morning, damn it, Maury owes me 20 bucks. Why is Maury owe you 20 bucks? What happened? He walked in here like a hot shot trying to place a bet. <laughs> and I won, I won, listen, no, 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 no. I won the bet immediately, immediately. And Maury trying to back away from oh, giving me 20 wow. bucks. Okay, because in I, fairness, hold on. if a bet is placed by somebody that you never thought would win the bet, then it shouldn't yeah. count. You guys need Judge Stud. And good thing that he's here right now. Uh, <laughs> 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 I couldn't agree more. Oh, my God, you look so fabulous. Okay. Don't swing the judge. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, you guys present your cases, and I will determine um, when Maury's going to give you $20. Okay. <laughs> Maury walked in here and said to me, hey, you missed a really great episode of Canada's Drag Race last night. Okay. And then I said, oh, what happened? Maury then said, I'm so upset because they sent home Lemon. Okay. And I said, oh, damn, that sucks. And yeah. then Maury said, you will never guess. I will bet you 20 bucks that you can never guess who Lemon's partner was last night. And then I said, yeah. Lime. And Maury said... 
What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so Maury owes me 20 bucks. And you had, did you just guess it, Lime? I totally guessed. Right. Because why no wouldn't idea. you? Yeah, because that would be part that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But now in my defense, I shouldn't have to pay because it's a bet that I never thought he would win. That's not how bets work. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to Do Vegas? you have $20 on you right now? No. Let who me cares see your cash? wallet. Let me see your wallet. Yeah, gladly. Look how empty it is. No, okay. I don't want to touch it. No, look, see? I have here... Bro, how many cards do you have in that wallet? That looks Tons. like George Costanza's okay. points wallet. Card, you got, points okay, card, you got points your, card, points card. You got your phone? Yeah. Okay, go get your phone. Okay. He <laughs> transferred. Yep. <laughs> Set to him already. Do it right now. Log into your banking app. What what banking what uh, banking institution do you use? TD Canada Trust. Your Honor. Yes. And again, you look amazing. No, no. That's what you have to say. Oh. TD Canada <laughs> Trust, Your Honor. Thank you. Okay, but what if I place a bet and try and get the money just, back? Just test, just text okay, him the money right wanna, now. What do you want to <laughs> you you go double or nothing on something right now? <laughs> you want to lose 40 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> you want to lose 40 this morning? No, I, wanna, I want to. It is my payday. Back. I know. Well, then you got to try and win it back. But would have known it was lime? But in order for you to get that 20 back, you have to actually give Mocha the 20. Log into your banking account. I am. I'm pushing my thumb. I That's, have the thumb thing. Wait, what do you call it? The fingerprint. Thanks, thanks for telling everybody. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Mark. Amazing. All right. So now when you get robbed after oh, the show. Look at all that money. Okay. Payday. Yeah. Now hit the, the envelope thing. and <laughs> Send money. Send money. Yeah. Okay. Choose from account. Yeah. Checking. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> all right, Daddy Warbucks. Re okay. Recipient. Yeah. Scroll all the way down to the bottom where it says add contact. Yeah. yeah. Name. Get used to it, though. That's going to be at the top very yeah. soon. <laughs> Name, Mocha. Yeah. yeah. It won't let me enter it. Oh, it's oh, 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 Mocha. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, just the one. It's not recognizing that name for some reason. <laughs> there must be a glitch on my phone. Mocha. Yeah. Okay. But if you're just joining us, by the way, um, very early this morning, Maury lost a bet to Mocha where he owes him 20 bucks. And Maury is notorious for never paying out. Like, notorious for never paying out. Okay. Who carries cash? <laughs> well, don't don't make bets then. Okay, here we are. We okay, are we ready? Yeah. Yeah. Um, done. Continue. Oh my god. We know how it works, man. <laughs> Send him the money. Do I have my money or what? Yeah. Okay. I got auto deposit set up, so. Okay. Um, security question. Oh, oh my, my god. god. You know what? <laughs> okay, the security question is going to be lemon. Your answer has to be lime. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. I don't know how we got fruit flies in here, but there's one. We got fruit flies in here? In the They're studio. The That's been bothering me all freaking morning. That's my fault. What'd you do? It's from that fruit fly has been here since yesterday. And I can't believe this happened. I opened my banana and that fruit fly came from within the you banana. Know, you mean the banana that you ate yesterday? I had one bite and the fly came out of my mouth. And then I like... No, 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 no. I watched you eat a banana yesterday. I need the I whole was, thing. I was shocked because you, Maury, peeled a banana. Yeah. Okay. You don't open a banana. You peel a banana, yeah. Maury. <laughs> okay, Maury... It's not like a can of bananas. No. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh. So this is how Maury... You want to know how Maury eats a banana? You tell me if this is a normal way to eat a banana. Because I know we've gone through this before on the show over the years about the way that Maury opens and eats bananas. Okay. So, um, so imagine this, and I'm no banana eater, uh -huh. okay? But this is what Maury did. 
And if you're listening right now, you, you, you'll get the visual, okay? So Maury took the banana and he opened it from the top uh-huh. all the way down. He didn't peel it like halfway, all the way down, okay. right? And then Ma- what Maury did was he put the tip in his mouth, right? Yeah. And then he broke the whole banana off from the peel. And then what was hanging out of his mouth, he then takes his hand and snaps <laughs> it in half and holds it while he chews what's in his mouth. What? <laughs> That's so weird. So normally people hold the peel part where there's still some nana coming up out of it, and then you eat from there, yeah, right? And then as you, then as you, as you, you eat, peel you down. peel. Yeah, no. Eat, peel, he eat, peels peel. the whole thing, puts the whole banana in his mouth, and then with a fist, <laughs> snaps it in half, and then holds it in one hand while he chews. <laughs> It's the weirdest thing, man. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Honestly. And then the fruit fly came from that. Hold on now. How long do fruit flies live for? Apparently a day so far. Give me one second to because there's one. Right when I, I think several days. I think weeks. There's no way. How long do fruit flies live? The average natural lifespan of a fruit fly adult and optimum temperature temperatures. Oh yeah, forty to fifty days. We got this. Oh thing. my god. <laughs> we got, we got so this little sorry. buddy till Halloween. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Two big announcements came out of the world of Star Wars over the weekend. Okay. Announcement number one is that Mandalorian was wrapped and done, completed before COVID hit. Yes. Right? The other is that the limited Obi-Wan Kenobi series with Ewan McGregor is a go, officially. Yes. <laughs> Are you into that? You want to see that? Sure. Why not? Yeah? yeah. Is it because The Mandalorian is so good that you sort of have faith in episodic Star Wars? Absolutely. Is Mandalorian it really, yeah? convinced me of everything. Yeah, it's wild how that happened. As long as they have, like, you know, the right team. Yeah. Right? Well, Ewan McGregor. It's funny how he's now the Kenobi, and it's not Alec, Alec McGinnis or yeah, Alec Guinness, whatever his name is. Sir Alec Guinness? Yeah. But wasn't he, like, super bitter about... Yeah, he hated it. He didn't like it <laughs> no, at all. No. I was watching, um, <laughs> recently, it. I was watching a, a documentary on Disney Plus on Star Wars. I'm yeah. thinking of Star Wars. And they were showing a scene where it's Obi-Wan, Luke, <laughs> uh, Han Solo, and Chewbacca in the Millennium Falcon. Right. And... Somebody breaks and they all start laughing, right? Yeah. yeah. Except for Sir Alec. Oh, McGinnis. really? Really? Huh? And he just like had this sour look on his face, and he turned around and walked out, walked away. <laughs> I was like, Do you hate this movie and that role so much? Yeah, I don't think he liked it at all. I think it's like like very well documented that he uh, that he didn't like it and didn't and didn't even like it. Like you know, you can come around, you can do something that you don't have a lot of faith in. And then eventually you come around to realize its impact. Uh-huh. Me with this show. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey, it's> jerk. <laughs> come on, bro. But everybody came around. Like eventually after, you know, three decades, Harrison Ford came around and then he was like, yeah, okay, I'm Han Solo. I'll put the suit back on and do yeah. the thing. But even after Star Wars became like a huge thing, I don't think he ever came around. He just wanted to be that bitter guy. <laughs> just yeah. everyone leave me the hell alone. Yeah. Don't call me Obi-Wan. Yeah. There were, dude, there were days when, before Harrison Ford came around to being Han Solo, where you would interview Harrison Ford for other projects. And five people before you walk in that room would look you in the face and go, 
absolutely nothing about Star Wars. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Heart's yeah. broken too, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the problem Aww. is, is that you want to sit down and you're like, okay, there's a lot of other stuff to talk about and also no indie. Um, no indie? I was, nah, nah, that nah. was going to be my next question. Nah, 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 nah. It's, talking about Indiana nah, Jones? It's, it's assumed at that point. So they would look at you in the face and go, absolutely no Star Wars. And then you're like, okay, cool. So maybe we can just go in and have some fun uh-huh. and he's a notorious grump, first of all, Harrison Ford. We need to talk to him about but, Age of Adeline? Yes. But, you know that but, yeah, witness. <laughs> Bro, you were so good. Yeah. Oh, I loved you in the future. <laughs> okay, so you, so you walk in and the problem is that Harrison Ford knows his demo. Uh-huh. And he knows what a Star Wars fan looks like and roughly how old they are. Like, he just knows the type. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter what kind of mood that he was in. When a guy like me walked into a room, you could see Harrison Ford. He looks at you when you walk in. And as you come into the light and take your seat, his head drops and he goes because <sighs> he knows all I want to talk about is Star Wars anyway he came around so with all that said uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series is happening with you and McGregor this is the Roz and Mocha show podcast so much stuff over the weekend about the Batman at DC Fandom just watched the trailer yeah yeah what'd you think I'm into it. Okay, good. Yeah, good. I really am. So it's interesting because what really caught on, you never know what fans are going to grab a hold of after a trailer, but there's there's two things. One, so play the clip of the trailer right now so we can discuss the iconic line. Let's play a game, just me and you. To be. I'm vengeance. You're a part of this too. How am I part of this? You'll see. Alright, so a lot of people talking about how Robert Pattinson, when somebody says, Who are you? He doesn't go, I'm Batman, like everybody else does. He says, I'm vengeance. Vengeance who? Uh, vengeance Batman. Yeah. Vengeance, uh, AKA the Batman. Yeah. Duh. Uh, I like it though. I like it. I'm into it. I'm yes. glad that they didn't uh, reveal that they didn't use the line that everybody assumed that they were going to use. Right. Right. So a couple things, people freaking out over the fact that Colin Farrell, cause we knew Colin Farrell was in the movie Yeah. and he plays penguin and he's in the trailer three times, but he's completely unrecognizable. Hold on, what? He's in the trailer? Yeah, he looks like, you know who Richard Kind is? No. Google Richard Kind right now. He sort of looks like Gerard Depardieu a little bit. But Google Richard Kind. He's an actor. He's got a like a, a very unique voice. You know who he is. Oh, okay. yes. But that, Hello, so this is what they made you Colin know, Farrell look like. That's funny. I looked him up recently. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> But if you but there's a guy in the trailer who looks just like Richard Kind. Go back and watch his trailer yes, again. So that is actually Colin Farrell, who they did with all this makeup to look just like Richard Kind. Oh. I don't know why you have gorgeous Colin Farrell in your movie and you put all that prosthetics on him, but that's just me. So penguins in this? 
So Penguin's in this, and then they, we got a, a tiny glimpse of uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Correct. And Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. But this is Robert Pattinson uh, doing an intro to Matt Reeves. As many of you probably already know, we were in the beginning stages of production when COVID hit. So now I'm very anxious to get back to work and continue to form this beloved character. I've always been a massive fan. I'm not really allowed to share anything, so I'm going to hand it over to the great Matt Reeves, who's somewhere around here. I hope you enjoy. So, hold on a second. He said that they were in the early stages of production. Yes. But from what I saw on the trailer, that we all saw on the trailer, it looked like they filmed a lot. Yeah, who knows? I don't I don't know. I don't know how much they filmed without Robert Pattinson and how much they filmed with Robert Pattinson. Like, they could have been doing chase scenes and special effects for months. I don't right. know. I have no idea. But this is Matt Reeves on the story. The idea is we go back to year one, and year one is the beginning of the emergence. It's the first appearance of this masked vigilante that starts to unsettle the city, and you start to see the story through the point of view of these corrupt cops, and one in particular, and the story is actually a battle for his soul. And he's a cop over generations, and his the history of corruption in, in Gotham is enormous and goes back many years, and the story is like, as you realize that there's this myth built in the background, you're actually in a new place where you've never seen these characters before, some of which we'll touch on that you may have seen from the comics, but others totally new. Then you can go down an avenue and go into detail that you, you couldn't do in a movie and, and to go into these sort of rich places and meet entirely new characters that, that Terrence is going to create. It's, and I'm incredibly excited about it. So it's Penguin. Are there any other villains? Yeah, like, Joker. Uh, sorry, not uh, Joker. Riddler? Riddler. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah uh, Paul Dano's Riddler. Okay. And uh, finally, we'll end on this, Matt Reeves, uh, because when we all first saw those pictures, even way before the trailer, like last year we saw those pictures of the bat suit, everybody's kind of like, well, it looks a little homemade to yeah. me. You know what I mean? One of the things about this bat suit is that it is it's very practical. The whole idea is that he's made it himself. And so we need to be able to sort of see how it would fit on him in these ways that he could move, but also looked like it was something that was still evolving. And, and even the idea of the story, he's in year two, so he's been wearing it. So like, he goes every night looking for trouble. So you look at his cowl and you can actually see there are gashes in it. And I will tell you this, one of the big things that uh, Rob actually talked to Christian Bale, and Christian Bale was like, just make sure you're gonna be able to relieve yourself. So all of that, <laughs> So it was actually part of what was important to build into it, which is like, okay, he needs to be able to put it on. He also needs to be able to live as a human being. <laughs> Batman gotta be. Bras and Mocha's Fix My Life. What advice can you guys give me? Okay, so my question is... My question is... Got a problem you can't fix. Roz and Mocha got you. Rachel, what's going on? It's Roz and Mocha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're good. doing great. So, Rachel, you wrote us this. Roz and Mocha Fix My Life. Should I make an effort for my kids to have a relationship with my parents? Uh, we moved over a year ago away from them, and they haven't made much effort. Even when we lived close, my kids weren't much of a priority for them. So why do you think this is? Um, so my husband, um, he, I guess, put my mom in her place, and she didn't like that. She's not used to that. What do you mean um, he put her in her place? What happened? He, well, my kid was like a month old, my first daughter, and um, he... She just started unnecessary drama. We're, we're sleep deprived. We're doing everything on our own, and she just talks too much. And it got back to him, and 
he just put her in her place. I guess she didn't like that. And um, so I didn't hear from her for like a couple months. And um, from that day on, I guess, she she would just come around when my husband was at work or not home. Mm-hmm. And um, it only changed when I had my, my son two years, two years later. And um, they started to come around. And um, my brother by then had a kid. And um, they were okay. living, like all my siblings live at home still. Mm-hmm. And um, they they were raising him. So they just had more time for for him than my own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and they never really made an effort. Like they, they used to tell my kids that they would come over and when they wouldn't come over, like my kids would just be sad. And then yeah. from, from then on, I just kind of started not telling my kids when their grandparents are showing up in case they, they wouldn't come. Yeah. What's the relationship like currently between your mom and your husband? Well, honestly, I don't really talk to my family at all. Like, oh, I, you don't I, talk I, to your I family to live, at all? Like, okay. No, no. So is no, the problem, Rachel, live, I'm trying to understand yeah. this, is the problem, you said yeah. your mom, or in your husband's opinion, that your mom talks too much. Is your mom trying to be the parent to your kids? Mm-hmm. And not be the parent as in raise them, but like kind of tell you how to be a parent to your kids? And maybe that's what I your husband doesn't was, like? I well, she was trying that, but like like I said, she didn't really play a role in their lives at all. And um, I kind of did everything for the kids, and um, they were my they were my, obviously my priority. And um, with her, she just I she just kind of plays the victim and makes it seem like I did something wrong okay. in a way, the- and made my whole family kind of feel that way here's my take on it i I feel that you're i feel that both of you are at fault here but i feel that your mother i feel that your mother isn't instigating hangouts with the kids because that means dealing with and possibly fixing and having conversations about the relationship that the two of you have Mm -hmm. and so she's just sort of making life easy because if you show up and even do a drop-off or come and hang out with the kids you know she gets to be a grandparent but you guys also have to work on your own relationship Mm. and i don't think that your mom's in a place right now where maybe she feels that she can because of the strained relationship that she has with your husband so therefore there's no kids because that's what makes life easy there's no grandkids. There's no there's no an instigating hangouts because she's not going to call you and say, hey, can I take the kids to a movie this weekend? Because then what you guys are just going to wind up, you know, getting into an argument between the two of you that has nothing to do with the grandkids. Life is just easier yeah. this way. Mm-hmm. You, you guys, before you can have this conversation about should I try and make her a part of you know, my kids lives so she can get to be a grandparent and they they can get to have a grandmother. You need to have a conversation with your mother about the current state of your own relationship with her. So it's a little complicated because we moved to California and um, so I'm not like 15 minutes away from them anymore. I'm like a long flight away from them. Right. I I don't don't even know how I want from her then. What do you want from your mother? I'm just wondering if my kids are going to miss out if I if I make the step to, to have a relationship with, with her because my, like they're fine. And honestly, I'm kind of fine with the way it is because I just find it so stressful mm-hmm. talking to my mom. And it just, I don't know, I find that I'm very unhappy when I have to, or even like when I, I know I have to call them to just like wish them 
like the holidays and, credit. and, you, and all you that. Got, you have issues with, yeah. you got to work on your relationship. This has nothing yeah. to do with your kids. That's what I was You got to work on your relationship with your mom. And if you don't want to work on that relationship, that's fine. I, mm-hmm. when I was younger, my mom's mom was sort of like my grandmother. She was uh-huh. the only grandmother that I really knew. My dad's parents. Yeah. Honestly, like as much as I can remember, and I mean, you start, I have, I have like permanent memories that I started developing when I was probably like about five, five and a half. I have Mm -hmm. exactly one memory of my dad's mom. Oh, really? One. Oh, wow. And I was getting yelled at for doing something. I I have, I have one memory other than, other than that, they were not part of our lives. His entire side Uh of the family was not part of our lives growing up. So wow. I didn't, I, I n- didn't know any of them. And so do you need both sets of grandparents and does everything have to be cool? Absolutely not. No, I think mm-hmm. Rachel, to be honest with you, hearing your story and just hearing what you're saying to us right now, I feel yeah. like the problem is between you, sorry, not problem, but the issue is between <laughs> you and your mom and not your parents and your kids. It mm-hmm. really sounds like it's something between two individuals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which needs to be discussed, as Ross said. Okay. And, and when you and when yeah. you work on that, the relationship with the kids, if it is going to happen, will happen after that, and it'll happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Okay. You got to. Uh, hey, got, what brought you out to uh, California? Uh, my husband for work. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't listen to you guys anymore. It's not the same. But at least no. I have. The- yeah, yeah, the you podcast can listen on the is podcast great. for sure. Okay, uh, love. Well, between Ross and Mocha, who's your favorite? Oh no, <laughs> uh, it used to be you, Mocha. It used. To, I don't even know when it changed, but it's Ross now. Oh uh, yeah. Wait, no, no. I need to know why <laughs> and when it changed. Come on now. I don't. It's it's really weird because I used to like only try to listen when you like when you the two of you were there, and if like Ross was gone, I was like, okay, I could listen. Like I, I still listen, but now it's like if you're not there and Roz is there I still listen like it it kind of switched like, oh, I don't no. know oh, wow. I, I don't know when it switched <laughs> yeah. but like I I I like Roz now oh. wow. I, what, I, what I do know is I'm sorry I asked <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> now you know how I feel never ask <laughs> never ask it's Rachel, never gonna go the way you want it to we love you thank you so much <laughs> yeah. bye guys Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life on KISS hi I'm Jesse Crookshank Jesse Crookshank I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. So, DC... Is it Fandome? Is that what it was over the weekend? Yeah. That's where we found out all the details of uh, Justice League, the Zack Snyder version of Justice League, all that new cool Batman stuff. But Black Adam was one of the big stories. This, of course, is Dwayne The Rock Johnson getting into the official DC Universe as uh, Black Adam. I don't know a lot about Black Adam, but I guess the Justice Society of America will be introduced in uh, the Black Adam film set for December 22nd. Not the Justice League. It's the Justice Society. Oh, God. Which includes uh, Adam Smasher, played by Noah Centineo. Oh, yeah, that's the guy from all those Netflix movies. Uh Uh-huh. And also Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and Cyclone. This is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I've been waiting for this moment. 
for a very long time. This is the one. This is the one that's going to change everything. This is Black Adam. Oh. Here's why I worry about Dwayne The Rock Johnson getting into these movies. Why? Because the stories of Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham and guys like that that do these Fast and Furious movies, Vin Diesel, they all come from a place where on screen Mm -hmm. they don't get beat up. And it's contractual. They count punches for every punch that Dwayne takes. He has to give like two more. He doesn't lose a fight. Remember, they did this whole thing where Dwayne Johnson wouldn't do a scene where he had to be on his back because he got knocked down. That had to be negotiated. He doesn't want to appear weak. Right. So how then do you make an entertaining superhero movie where you take on a role like Black Adam, if he still does this, if he still puts these rules on the filmmakers that are behind DC. Well, he gets beat up a certain amount of time. No, but Dwayne Johnson does not get Let beat up. Let me finish. Up. And then as the movie progresses, he just kicks more and more ass. So the ass that he's kicking adds up to more than how much his ass got kicked. No, but what I'm saying is that he doesn't lose a fight. Well, he's going to have to for this movie. This is what I'm saying. This is why I worry. I worry that he's had it this way for so long where they count punches and they don't shoot him on the ground and he doesn't lose a battle. I I worry what that world is going to look like. Maybe this is different because he's wearing a costume. (laughs) (laughs) What was the last time? Has he ever done a costume movie before? That's not a costume, though. Oh, Tooth Fairy. That's a not a costume. Right. <laughs> tooth fairy's a costume. Yeah, Isn't it, is it just not? something that covers your eyes? No, no, no. He was no. He wore a full outfit in Tooth yes. Fairy. Tooth Fairy was great. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Uh, the weekend is in the new Esquire magazine. That's rare. And he did a, a cover shoot for it and everything. It looks great. And he was asked to name five songs that shaped his career. Oh, wow. Okay. And he's got such a good catalog, too. Like, amazing catalog of music. Um, He says, going back to his debut album, his debut mixtape from 2011, House of Balloons, this song called What You Need. Oh, I heard that. I I had not heard this song in forever. This was, like, way before we all knew the weekend that we know now. So listen to what The weekend tells Esquire about this time in his life. He dropped out of high school. He had moved out of his mother's house in Scarborough and was living in a house with his friends in Parkdale, which Esquire says here, a grimy, cool neighborhood where he could throw parties, mess around, take a cocktail of drugs, whatever. <laughs> it wasn't an act, he says, or a gimmick. He just didn't like the limelight. The weekend says, I wasn't too confident with how I looked. I didn't think that I could sell music looking like me. I was very uh, hard-headed. To this day, I don't think I've ever done a radio interview because they asked him about 
not talking to reporters. Mm -hmm. Because if you remember, even as he started blowing up, he was getting requests like crazy for interviews, both for magazine, TV, radio, everything. And he was saying no. And he says, uh, I would just feel like I would give a horrible interview. Mm -hmm. I get it. Uh, Taking it back to 2014 to an era where... We all kind of knew the weekend already, Mm -hmm. and he was doing big tracks, and like everything was being played on the radio. This, by the way, is Esquire asked uh, the weekend to name five songs that shaped his career. He mentioned Love Me Harder with Ariana Grande, which, oh, such a good song. That's a great song. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you remember the song Often? Oh my God, dude, this song? And another song he said that helped shape his career is uh, one of our favorite songs, Ross. Oh. Earned it from the Fifty Shades Love this soundtrack. Song. In the category of a fantastic song from a terrible movie. There's so many of those. This is the best part of the movie. It is. the song. Yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. Uh, and then he starts talking about uh, Starboy. I mean, we all know Starboy, right? Mm-hmm. Another classic. And then, do you remember when this song came out and everyone was making, like, the Michael Jackson comparison? Yes. They're like, oh, he sounds just like Mike. He's kind of dancing. Some of his moves are just like Mike. He's like a younger Michael Jackson, right? Mm -hmm. And The Weeknd said uh, he didn't like that comparison. Really? At all. He said there was, like, a, a backhanded thing to the comment that didn't feel genuine. It felt like they were setting me up for disaster. I wanted to transcend. I wanted the music to transcend. I get it. I get it. It's very difficult when when people start comparing you to somebody else. Some people frame it as a, oh, this the feel of this brings me back to a place where the last time I felt like this was listening to Michael, which is a positive sure. way of saying it. And then other people, it is framed as a... You're nothing original. Right. When your whole career, you've been fighting to be the one and only you. Exactly. And and someone else is saying, hey, yeah, you're you, but you're also like... Yes. And then that other thing takes over. People, the thing that people love to say is the thing that people hate to hear. And that is, so-and-so is the next blank. Right. People so, hate to hear that. Uh, if you want to read that said about you, more about the weekend, he is in the uh, new edition of Esquire. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. I, I need to get your thoughts on everything that went down in the NBA yesterday. Oh boy. Um, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent here for it, and I'm glad that the uh, the NBA that the players using the platform that they have are able to speak freely. Mm -hmm. I just love that so much. And I know that the Clippers and the Lakers are talking about leaving the bubble, canceling the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. as are other individual players from teams. Like no official team statements have come out. 
But I would say a lot of the players, and I wouldn't be surprised if this season um, comes to an end this weekend. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know if you could even continue, even if one team decides to leave. How do you continue? How do you continue if the Lakers leave? Yeah. Right? Because then you have your biggest star in yeah. the NBA is gone. Like what's, it's like, you know, it's like, what's the point? It's, I don't mean what's the point because the, the point is very clear, but it's, mm. it's, I don't know what the point would be to continue is what I'm, is what I'm saying. Not what's the point to, 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 and it was to go only home. Two days ago, because these conversations have been happening um, since the beginning of the week, because only two days ago, Nick Nurse, coach of the, the Raptors said that publicly said that behind closed doors, he and his players have been talking about, whether or not certain guys from the team would want to continue playing or just full out leave the bubble. Yeah, I mean, this was really, it was the Raptors that, that I first heard about this, you know, the idea of doing, the idea of doing this. And, but they just didn't play yesterday. Yeah. Otherwise they, they would have been, you know, the, the team, hey Shane, come on in here for a second. And I don't think they're going to, so the games that were scheduled, the playoff games that were scheduled to happen yesterday uh, were canceled. Yeah. And then the ones, you know, the Raptors are supposed to play at 6.30 tonight against Boston. I don't think Boston, they're going to. I don't, think, that, I don't think any of the games that are scheduled for today. Yeah. Are the playoffs done, Shem? Um, I'm going to say yes. You think uh, so? Huh? A lot of the reports yesterday were uh, that LeBron James specifically was like, nope, I don't want to do it. The owners need to be in here. They need to help with change. I just don't see how they, how they continue. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I really, really don't. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, with the coronavirus, this whole season has been a bit chaotic. I think they just might decide, let's just shut it all down, which is kind of crazy because you really thought that the coronavirus was going to be what shut the NBA season down, right? Yeah. And it's not likely going to be that. Yeah. And I, in the NHL last night. Yeah. God, yeah, I don't know if y'all saw what was happening on Twitter with everyone saying NHL should not have continued with their games last night. Yeah. That's tough, too, though. And I don't. And I don't mean to, to. I'm not. I'm not saying that they they should or that they or that they shouldn't. It's just to to make a de- a, a decision to. Everything happened so fast in the NBA yesterday, yeah. and everybody are in these bubbles, and things just aren't right. And I don't know if the culture of the NHL. I don't know if NHL. Like to me, it seems that it's very easy for. NBA teams to all get together and discuss something. I don't know if that's the way things work in the NHL. I don't know if this is something that could collectively be discussed amongst players. I don't know whether they have those relationships. I don't know if that's the culture. I don't know if they could have put something together that fast. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think- I don't. I, but it, to me, what it seemed like, the backlash made it seem like they all got together and said no, where I don't even know if it got that far. I don't begrudge the NHL for not canceling their games yesterday for that exact reason um i would rather you you know continue as is and then if you want to make a statement or you want to do something think about it a little bit you know think it through and then make a more meaningful statement whether it's through you know boycotting or protesting or whatever the case is and as you said everything happens so fast i mean the the uh you know we have no idea what's going to happen with tonight's uh nba games you know, uh, Orlando, Milwaukee were the first teams to, to cancel their games. And then just, you know, minutes, everything was just changing. And yeah, fast. Really, really fast. fast. So yeah. I don't blame other leagues for not canceling their games. Uh, Jason Dickinson from the Dallas Stars said. Oh, wait, no, sorry. It wasn't him. It was. Is it. Uh, Seguin? Mm-hmm. Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan. He mm-hmm. said, I woke up from a nap. 
and I didn't, this was yesterday afternoon. He said, I woke up, woke up from a nap and I didn't realize that what the NBA was doing until I got to the rink. So there wasn't much thought in my head throughout the day to think about not playing tonight. But like I said, I support what's going on. I support the movement. And I think hockey needs, honestly, to do more. But I think we can all show our actions in different ways. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys had yeah. like zero idea what yeah. was going on. Yeah. I don't think it was a decision to not. I just think that there was no decision. And I, and I think if they had rushed, quite frankly, it would have been performative. It would have come across as well, just Well, that's, the other, that's right? the other thing, too. And then, you know, with, with the NBA, you know, I don't want to see Kyle Lowry play if Kyle Lowry's heart's not in it. Right. right. And I think that being in the bubble has taken such an incredible mental toll on every athlete, whether you're hockey player or basketball player. I think that they are just suffering so much being mm-hmm. in that bubble and having to do this thing and dealing with everything outside of the world. And you don't have your family and nothing is normal. Yeah. And I think that they're all just dealing with so much right now that it's all compounded into one day and that they happened yesterday. And for a lot of them, they want to make, they want something to happen. They want change, but there's only so much they can do from inside of the bubble. They yeah. can be more powerful as individuals or as groups uh, once they leave that bubble and get back to whatever state or whatever city or wherever they need to, to be at, mm-hmm. whether it's with their families or with organizations within cities to... Yeah help make a difference and spread the word. Yeah, well, there's also the argument that if they leave the bubble, they are going to lose that sort of uh, high-profile focus on on them and their causes, right? Because Mm -hmm. we don't know what happens, you know, when the Raptors, if the Raptors return to Toronto, if the Lakers go back to LA, um, you know, are are they going to have the same platform that they do with with the world sort of being focused on them right now uh, in that bubble in Florida? It's it's a tough sell. I'm a massive NBA fan. I love basketball. Um, I would not begrudge the players if they decided to cancel the rest of the season. Yeah. I think they're stronger together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think all of them do playing throughout this and keeping the focus on whatever they want to keep the focus on. I think that that's the, to me, I think that that is the, 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 the sort of best way to use their power because they do have the full support of the NBA. If this mm-hmm. was four years ago, they wouldn't. They would be, you know, the, 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 the reaction would be, you know, shut up and dribble, right? Yeah, yeah. But now they have the full support of, the, of the, the NBA. And I think that you use that full support. I think that this is how you get stuff done. And speaking of four years ago, it actually yesterday happened to be four years ago to the date that uh, Colin Kaepernick nailed right. for the first, yeah. the first wow. game, which yeah. is really? kind of an interesting yeah. uh, irony. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. So people going back to the movies this past weekend. Ooh, Unhinged was number one at the box office. Which one was that again? The Russell Crowe movie. Oh, right. With $4 million. (laughs) What is the studio? Sequel, right? Studio taking in all that money and saying, yo, sequel. The box office has basically been dead for like 24 weeks now. Yeah. Because of coronavirus. And Unhinged was in, I think, like less than 2,000 theaters. So what's the max capacity again? 50, right? 50 people. Well, in Canada. Well, in Canada for Cineplex. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing uh, in, in the States. But I don't even think that there's still a whole lot of part of the states where you can't even go to see a movie. Yeah, no. They're shutting back down again. Man, that sucks. Um, yeah, so... <sighs> God, it's so crazy. It's so nuts. But that's the new world. And uh, what did SpongeBob do? Do you like SpongeBob? Um, Does your he, kid like SpongeBob yet? He's not into SpongeBob He's not yet. into SpongeBob? Nah. What's that, Maury? We were 
you know what's so funny about SpongeBob? It came in Everything? at number two. Oh. What's that? The funny thing about SpongeBob, which came in at number two, yeah. shockingly, um, is when you interview the guy that does SpongeBob, which is why I won't, is he won't do the voice. What do you want him to do? Like sit there in front of you like a person and do the no, voice? No, but even if at the end of the interview, if you're like, hey, Tom, because his name's Tom Kenny. Hey, Tom, blah, blah, blah. Great interview. Okay, what Why are you SpongeBob? so obsessed with the guy who voices SpongeBob? Yeah, that's because weird, Because you're known for doing something. Do something. <laughs> oh, don't tell the man what to do with his life. <laughs> <laughs> like say one phrase. No. But, but who does that, though? More who does, does. Who does that? Who else could you? Who else would you? Oh, sit I've interviewed in people from Family Guy. They'll do it no problem. No, I know, but but let's let's get out of that world, right? So let's say you're sitting in front of, jeez, man, I don't know, James uh, Earl Jones, and ask no. him to do Darth Vader. Well, uh, he would just make his would. voice deeper. Yeah, right? he just sounds like Darth Vader already. Yeah, but like if you like, like if you sat in front of Christian Bale. And was like, do the Batman voice. No, okay, but the difference is, is Christian oh, Bale has done many right other away. things. Tom Kenny is only known for SpongeBob. Yeah, I know. Maybe he doesn't want to do it. He's not, he's not your like performer. He gets that's what he gets paid to do. He's not going to sit there. But and, sell the movie. Nah, this is why I came in number nah, two. So what? You would ask two. him to do do the voice, and he would just flat out say no. No, you're told in advance. Don't ask to do the voice. It will not do the voice. It has to be some sort of legal thing. I don't know. Anyway, SpongeBob made $550,000 this weekend. You do the SpongeBob voice, Maury. Say, here's, here's a quote. Okay. okay. Say, Squidward, I used your clarinet to unclog my toilet. Squidward, I used your clarinet to unclog the toilet. That sounds nothing like SpongeBob. That's not SpongeBob at all. Oh. You ever heard SpongeBob? Yeah, I used to watch it all the time. Okay, sure you did. Did SpongeBob come out when you were an adult? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. So, Christopher Nolan's Tenant. I still don't know what this movie's about. Well, that this is the thing about Chris Nolan movies is you you've heard over the years that so many people have read the screenplay who have already been you know cast in a movie where they have to go over and over and over again yeah. uh, to figure it out. But I will say this, Chris Nolan movies, especially when you look at Inception or oh, a couple classic. of the other ones that he's done. Interstellar. Oh, I love that movie. He's, he's very unique in the sense that you don't necessarily have to even fully understand a Chris Nolan movie in order to actually like the movie. It's not like if you don't understand Inception or Interstellar or exactly what he was trying to say, it doesn't take away from your enjoyment of it. You can still walk out of there liking the movie and if somebody says to you, what is it about? You will have no answer. But you still enjoyed it. Like he's really super unique in that sense. You know, to this day. Yeah. I still, if you go through like my YouTube history, yeah. to this day, I will still watch videos on Interstellar Explained. Yeah. And like all different, <laughs> different videos from yeah. like different people and different companies yes. who have all tried to explain it to me and I still don't understand. Yeah. yeah. It's very, but it's so but it's good. so good. That's the thing is that you don't have to get it. And you see super unique, but uh, Tenet was the movie that was supposed to really bring back, uh, the world as far as entertainment after COVID. And this was the movie that was going to just, you know, give a shot in the arm to theaters everywhere. There was, we were all supposed to go back to the theater. And they kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. Yeah. So are we get this is supposed to come out on Wednesday, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, John David Washington, who, you know, as Ricky Jared from ballers. Oh yeah. With the rock on HBO. Oh God, that was such a good show. 
he's in the movie and Dan Mori got a chance to uh, to talk to him. And something you just mentioned about reading a Christopher Nolan script over and over again oh, yeah. to try to understand <laughs> is one of the things that they talked about. Now, you know, Interstellar, Inception, Christopher Nolan is, is known for movies that really mess with your mind and take you a while to sort of, I guess, understand what's going on. How many times did you have to read the script before you're like, ah, okay, I totally get this now. I like, you know, I understand. I've never read a script more. Uh, on a film than this one, like on the day of it, like I was almost reading. I was reading. I was reading it five to six times uh, a week, six days a week. So um, I really for for the first month or so. So I, I I had to be on it like that. I mean, well, it's not like because usually I study the scenes or I get more backstory stuff. But no, I, I always work. I'm always working. But uh, I never just read script front to back that many times throughout a film uh, like I did with this one. When I read it, I mean, it took me four hours to read it the first time I got it. And uh, <laughs> strangely enough, the first, like, 45 minutes to an hour, I thought I had it. thought I could totally, totally tell you what it was about. And uh, slowly realized as the day went on, I didn't know what the heck I just read. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so, yeah, I was, I guess I was delirious in that regard because uh, I was just blown away and, and had a false sense of understanding because I was just, think I, I think I just, it was just, I was in this, like euphoric stage of like, I can't believe I'm in a Christopher Nolan film in his office reading his script. Of course I understand it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> no, <I'm> not. <laughs> Flying to Christopher Nolan. <laughs> now, the description uh, for the movie. Oh, God, here we go with this. A Nolan armed, description. All right. This is what it officially reads, okay? Yeah, armed with only one word, tenant. And fighting for the survival of the entire world. <laughs> a protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage okay. on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Wow. That's the description of the That's movie. That's awesome. Thanks. Here's what Dan Mori thought it was about. I got to tell you, this movie was fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You sound very enthusiastic about that. Uh, so thank you very much. Yes, but I have to tell you, when I first heard about this movie, I got to be honest with you, I really thought it was about an apartment tenant played by you. You know, like I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, a tenant in his day. Yeah, but the to totally understandable. Um, I'm sure you're not the only one that felt that way, that thought that at first uh, viewing or at first uh, when you first heard about it. Poor guy. I know. John David him. Washington trying to be as polite as possible. You know what I mean? Movie, you guys are on man. Zoom, right? Yeah, so he could see you. He didn't want to be rude. No. He's like, this is the movie that everyone's talking about. i got to be on my best behavior. No. Now, I guess some are wondering if this is a, an Inception sequel. Uh, what do you have to say to that? It is not. Not as, not an Inception sequel. Not at all. I'd say more of an in-law. Yeah. Not, 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 not blood. So there you go. It's not officially. Okay. A sequel, but uh, Tenet starring uh, John David Washington in theaters on Wednesday. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Uh, Tom Cruise went to the movies. What? <laughs> he filmed himself going to see Tenet because I guess he wants like... He has nothing to do with that movie though. And No, but he just went as a fan. Oh, he went to see with, it. like so, other people. Yeah, with forty nine, there with forty nine other. I people don't know, in the man. This theater, he, he had a mask on, uh -huh. but this theater looked really crowded to me. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like it looked really crowded. So why did he film himself to be like, hey, look at me? I'm. He's uh, like, I'm enjoying the movie amongst other people. <laughs> yes. I oh. think it was. I think it would have been like maybe like a, a special screening, but I guess that doesn't uh, justify it being packed. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. It looked like that. I mean, it looked like he was there with fans. Oh. Like when you see the footage, it really looks like he's in a regular movie theater with fans. But this is Tom Cruise uh, enjoying uh, Tenet. Here we are. Back to the movies. Back in the movie theater, everybody. <laughs> it's good to be back in the movie theater, everybody. I love it. Sounds like a movie theater owner or like right? an usher. Like, it's, welcome back, everyone. It's super weird. I don't Can I know. get y'all anything? I don't know, but I guess he was in Europe because the, the movie, I think, is already open there. But, uh, but yeah, no, super weird. So, but for me, I'm like, I still can't. I, you went to the movies not that long. You saw Tenet in the theater too, Maury. Yeah, I, um, the, we saw it in like, the IMAX theater. But, but it was a it was a special screening just special for you, screening, you guys, right? But there was like huge separation between people. Like you had to pick which seat you'd want, and then they gave you like a stack of tickets, which you're only using one ticket. But they gave you here's ten seats, right? So, like, what the, to prove that you have that entire row? Yourself? Here you go. Really? These are all your tickets. Oh my god, that's like playing the the, the 50-50. <laughs> yeah. Like you got to sit there like go through your. All you your look at all the numbers. Make oh, sure they all match up. You had to wear your mask during the whole movie. Really? And they had the hand sanitizer before you went in. And do stuff they check like your temperature that. at all or no? No, no, uh, they did not. No, uh, but so what do you do? Because here's the, there's just regular things that people want to do when they go to the movie. So if you have to wear your mask the whole time, what do you do about food? So I had food. So you lift. Of course, you had food. We we assume you had food. I lift. You don't have to say I had food. We assume you had food. It was a lift of the mask for each bite. So you don't just lift the top of the mask and pour it in, (laughs) and then just like a horse. And just like you don't like, just do, do that. Carriage rides and, and the just horse has the snack, snack no, on that because I had a tuna for a couple sandwich. hours. So you could I, do the same <laughs> thing, I guess. Just little, just little Damn. bits. Also, a tuna sandwich inside of a theater. Yeah, but I had Bro, ten seats. So gross. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. At the uh, height of his popularity, maybe like fourteen years ago, Jeez. when Akon was like running music. And he was everywhere. Akon. Yeah, I got some Akon news for you. He was like showing up on everybody's song, yeah. right? And he was everywhere and selling out arenas all over the place. He was the shaggy of his day. He was. <laughs> <laughs> Great reference. Or the Ja Rule of his time. I don't know. I don't know which is which is I, more I would accurate. Say, I would say the Ja Rule. The of Ja his Rule. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And um, he was the one who actually signed Lady Gaga to his record label and helped put her on the scene. And at one point, Cardinal Official was signed to Akon's record label. And they have two popular tracks. One of them went number one. Dangerous went number one around the world. Um, But this interview that he did recently with Vlad TV on YouTube talks about an artist that he passed on signing and tell me oh, that okay. this isn't for Akon a massive regret. And again, this is the guy who signed Lady Gaga to his record label. Okay. A Cardinal official brought brought him to me back in 2005, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about Drake. Oh. Right, it was a four. It was right before uh, Best I Ever Had blew up. Because at the time, it was like more mixtape-ish, you know? Mm-hmm. And at the time, believe it or not, Drake sounded more like Eminem. With, really? Yeah. With that demo that I heard, it was sounding more like M. But huh. I think that was around the time when that's every artist developing, you know? And you can see the difference between that demo 
and best I ever had. He best I ever he... had was when everybody was after him. Oh, so he had to sign money had at that point? Oh, okay. He was negotiating with everybody. Ah. And it was like this huge bin war. Yeah. And that's when Cardi was like, I told you this was going to be the shit. I said, well, reach out. He said, you can, but the lowest bid right now is a million. I said, I ain't got a million dollars. Out of all the artists today, Drake to me, to me, he is worth what every single penny. Every single penny. That motherfucker is genius. <laughs> <laughs> so the Akon didn't, away, huh? didn't have a million bucks. And just to take it back, Lil Gosh. Wayne did an interview with uh, his journalist who runs a, a super popular uh, website and podcast called Rap Radar. His name's Elliot Wilson. And he did an interview with Lil Wayne where Wayne was talking about the first time he was introduced to Drake. And again, references the song Best I Ever Had, which we all obviously know. Baby, you my head bang. You all I ever wanted. We could do it real big. Right, we all know the song. Drake raps and sings at the same time in this song. And this is what Lil Wayne said. As far as Drizzy, Drizzy always was just a knockout from the door. You know, it was just everything. Kind of plain and simple. When he was introduced to me and I was like, okay, what does this kid do? Well, let me hear it again. And I was like, oh, who that is on the hook? I'm like, that's him too. Yeah. You know, you know, you go to hear the rap like he's spitting, you know what I'm like? And then when you go to hear the hook, like, the hook cold, who that is singing the hook? I'm like, oh, that was him too. Yeah. And that's when I was like, that was him too? You know? <laughs> and I was like, well, let me see, let me see the little homie. And when I saw him, <laughs> you know what I mean? When I saw him, I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, where you from? Canada. Like, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, he was also on the TV show when he was younger, so a few people yeah. may know him from that. Grassy, yeah. I was like, what? I was like, well, he got a lot going for him, you know. And I was like, I'm honored for him to even choose me as an option. Isn't that crazy? Wasn't Jamie Foxx involved in Drake's early days at some point as well, doing something? Oh, I remember boy. that. I remember Drake. That there was a Jamie Foxx tie-in that was very brief, and I don't remember what it was. Because Jamie Foxx was the first, like, sort of big star name that yeah. I heard associated as being a Drake fan. Oh, wow. Back in the day. And wow. I don't know, and I don't know what the connection was, but I know that Jamie Foxx was a very early fan of Drake. Wow. Yeah. Well, what a different world it would have been Please. if Akon A million was bucks, one. you could have had Drake? I know. Now looking back, come on, like, take out a loan or something, bro. <laughs> yeah. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Uh, Hurricane Laura is now a Category 3 storm after making landfall as a Category 4. Uh, this down in Louisiana with wind speeds of 150 miles an hour. The National Weather oh. Service warned people in the area to take action now to protect your life and to treat the extreme, um, the extreme wind conditions as if a tornado were approaching. At 150 miles an hour, Laura is tied for the most intense hurricane to hit land in Louisiana since 1856. Woo. That is an incredible <sighs> storm. This year, man, what the hell? And it's it's crazy because, Laura, and I don't know whether it's just because there's so much other stuff going on or COVID or whatnot, but this storm, I like... It crept up. Like normally when these storms are happening, you get five days of, yeah. of weathermen in raincoats standing on a beach somewhere, you know, and we watch them get pelted around on TV. We got none of that. 
No. And this just like sort of happened and I didn't even know. And then I, the headline I read last night was like, they're telling people, they're describing the surges as unsurvivable. Yeah. And I'm like, how did an unsurvivable storm just hit? And I and knew nothing knew. about it. Nobody I knew. Think because the, the protests in Wisconsin has been just like taking over. It's crazy. Taking over the news, right? This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. See if we can turn this into a song. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, Mocha, are you ready to do the news? Yeah. Hey, let's do the news! Hey! A Rose and Mocha Show and Kiss 92.5 News Break. The Snyder Cut of Justice League was the sort of first real big story because the trailer leaked before they had a chance to show it on the big screens there before they could officially release it. And then Zack Snyder was calling out people on uh, just on Twitter and everything else. But a lot of people really want to see this because this was the movie that Zack Snyder wanted to make. So if you remember Justice League, um, Zack Snyder had to step away because I believe his daughter passed away. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So he had to step away. So um, they handed the movie over to Joss Whedon who reshot a bunch of stuff. And then the movie that came out was not the movie that Zack Snyder wanted to make. So here we have all these calls for the Snyder Cut. And the Snyder Cut, I was very much looking forward to. We started getting rumors that this thing was going to be four plus hours long. Woo! Too long. Which is kind of cool. However, what is happening now is it's on HBO Max, which means it's on television. So for a four hour movie, what do they do on television? This is Zack Snyder. Maybe I should talk for a second about how you guys are going to see the movie and what format we're going to have it. And it's going to be in four parts, one hour each. So four hours of Justice League is coming your way. We're going to work on a way of bundling it together at the end so you can watch it as a single film if that's the way you want to experience it. Also, to all my international fans and everyone watching all over the world, don't worry if you don't have HBO Max because we're working on a distribution plan, so I promise you, you're going to get a chance to see it. Oh, okay. Because okay. I so, don't have HBO but Max. now I have a hard time believing, though, because this was, the big call was release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut. I have a hard time believing that the movie that this guy had in his head was four, four, four one-hour segments. Yeah, no. Right? It's not. Like, that's not the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut would be the four-hour movie. Yeah. It's the HBO Cut releasing that it in four. That they've Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. Hey, man, um, we know it's a four-hour movie, but do you mind if we... A lot of people very happy about that. John Oliver. So, last week tonight with John Oliver, you have to see this. So, he started going off on Danbury, Connecticut. Um, It all started during a segment where John Oliver brought up Danbury when talking about how computer algorithms are used for juror lists and selections in a lot of U.S. states, and one of them being Connecticut, which they say disproportionately excludes people of color. Hmm. And so the mayor of Danbury, uh, Mayor Mark uh, Boughton, 
did his own video in rebuttal to John Oliver. And he went through and he was talking, like he just tried to pick apart John Oliver's allegations. But he ended it with a fitting tribute. So you see the video of him and he's standing there and there's just like a big giant sort of industrial thing behind him. And then he says this. Behind me, you'll see the city of Danbury sewer plant. And we are going to rename it the John Oliver Memorial Sewer Plant. Why? Because it's full of just like you, John. Oh. <laughs> With a clap, Mac. <laughs> so, so when's that sign going up? Like so sometime the, this week? So the Danbury sewer plant in Connecticut is now called the uh, John Oliver Memorial whatever, whatever. <laughs> because they're both full of crap. With the roast. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Kellyanne Conway is leaving the White House at the end of the month, but I still believe that she's going to be speaking later this week at the Republican National Convention. This is uh, after her daughter, uh, 15-year-old Claudia Conway, went on a tweet storm and then live on TikTok and on Insta, I believe, um, talking about wanting to be emancipated from her parents. So one of her tweets read this. As for my dad politically, we agree on absolutely nothing. We ju- both just happen to have common sense when it comes to our current president. Stop standing him. My mother's job ruined my life to begin with. Heartbreaking that she continues to go down the path after years of watching her children suffer. Selfish. It's all about money and fame. I've been using social media as an outlet to express my passion, individuality, and to shed light on some hardships. I have been vulnerable for a reason. Thank you for supporting me. I'm officially pushing for emancipation. Buckle up because this is probably going to be public one way or another. Unfortunately, welcome to my life. Wow. And then, so that was just some of what went what went down. So she's pushing for emancipation. So Kellyanne Conway, we know alternative facts. Everybody knows Kellyanne Conway. The husband, George Conway, um, Claudia's dad, is a Republican, but he belongs to a group of Republicans that are trying to get Trump out of the White House. Oh, geez. So he belongs to something called the Lincoln Project. So Kellyanne and George have gone at it publicly before, like husband and wife, because she works for Trump and George hates Trump. So that's their life. Are they still together? Yeah, they're still together. Oh, God. So that, yeah, exactly. So that's their life. Awkward dinners. Yeah. And then so Kelly announced on, uh, on, on Twitter uh, that she was leaving the White House at the end of the month. George announced that he was walking away from Twitter for a while and walking away from the Lincoln Project. Wow. Uh, so this here is Claudia Conway. Their daughter. But I can tell you, being their daughter, they don't give a shit. Like, they don't give a shit. Um, my dad doesn't care about me. He never, he's never cared about me. Um, he probably doesn't even know my middle name, um, uh, which is really sad, but it's true. You know, he never really cared about me my whole life. He always belittled me when I was younger. My dad physically abused me a lot, um, right here in this very room. My mom, the same thing with my mom. You know, my mom got me arrested. You know, she's very, very physically abusive. Um, Very, very verbally abusive. I've been belittled and badgered my entire life. And I just said this to them, you know, you guys putting on this whole show, you know, they want attention. So, you know, them putting on this whole show of them leaving, I guess, isn't really going to be effective. You know, I think they're just scared that I'm going to emancipate myself, which I am. I'm going to try. Hopefully I will succeed, but the odds against me aren't very, they aren't looking too good right now. Um, my mom should have never had her position in the first place. Um, my mom, I think my mom is like 
a sociopath. She, I, if I'm just gonna be Whoa. honest, like she has no compassion for my feelings or anything or nothing. God, when you tweet to the point of where both your parents quit their jobs, that's yeah. some tweet power. Kellyanne's statement ended with, uh, for now and for my beloved children, it will be oh, less yeah. drama, more mama. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Sure. So that's, what's, uh, that's why Kellyanne Conway is trending number one right now. Uh, KFC is doing away with finger licking good for now. Huh? For now. KFC is, is suspending the use of their signature catchphrase, finger licking good. Came up with that one, 64 years old, saying that it just doesn't feel quite right right now. They say we find ourselves in a unique situation, having an iconic slogan that doesn't quite fit the current environment. All right, COVID. Right. We're not licking other people's fingers. No, but I don't even think you're supposed to lick your own fingers. Oh, yeah, you're not. Right, you're not supposed to put your hands like near your mouth or your eyes or anything like that. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think you can... But, like, if your fingers are on the chicken already. (laughs) If I wash, right? Yeah, like if I wash my hands with soap for 20 seconds. Thank you. And then you go into the chicken and don't touch anything else. It's just, it's chicken to mouth, chicken to mouth, chicken to mouth, chicken to mouth. Could you then lick your fingers? I think that that should be fine. You You can't do chicken to mouth, chicken to mouth, high five, chicken to mouth, chicken to mouth. Or you can't lick my fingers. Right. If you're like... Like, if you got a different kind of chicken than right. what I got. Yes. Right? And you're like, here, taste this. Right. But I also think that it's assumed that when they say finger licking good, we're licking our own fingers. Yeah. But again, you're not supposed to. Not a buddy's fingers. <sighs> Maybe right? we should put a disclaimer. Right. Like, how? Like, imagine this for a second, right? Imagine that, because I'm not a finger licker at all. My kid's a finger licker. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll finish a bag of chips, right? Yeah. <laughs> She'll finish a bag of chips and then I'll be like, Rox, go wash your hands. And then she'll go into the bathroom and I won't hear water for a good 45 seconds. Because ah, she's looking at her <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> like she gets in there. She loves yeah. it. She's a finger licker. I'm not a finger licker, right? At all. But you're not going to lick somebody else's fingers, even if you are a finger licker and they are not a finger licker. See, I, I think, think it's, it's okay assumed finger licking you, good is your own hands. Yeah, I think it's fine if you go, you wash your hands for 20 seconds with soap right. and then you don't touch anything else. Right. Yes. Don't rub your eyes. We're not asking for that. Yeah. Your right. eyes. Taste <laughs> this. <laughs> anyway, so they say that they'll bring it back at some point, uh, but uh, but right now there is no more finger looking good. Uh, the Republican National Convention last night, Woo! so we'll get into Super this lit. real quick. What so a party. Kimberly Guilfoyle is the partner of Don Jr., his uh, girlfriend. I don't think they're married. I think maybe partners. I'm not sure. 100% sure. But if you're wondering why people were freaking out on social media last night, she got up there and did a speech. Mm-hmm. And immediately, Kimberly Guilfoyle started trending. Right after that, cocaine started trending. Here's the first clip of Kimberly Guilfoyle. If you want to see the socialist Biden Harris future for our country, just take a look at California. Ooh. It is a place of immense wealth, immeasurable innovation, and immaculate environment. And the Democrats turned it into a land of discarded heroin needles in parks, riots in streets, and blackouts in homes. Jeez. (laughs) And then she went on to say this. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best 
She's not pe- cutting a promo for the WWE. People called the speech cocaine and liberty. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, you know what? This morning, yeah. still trending really high yeah. is cocaine. Yes. And I was yes. wondering why. Yes. So, and the, the odd thing is, is that speech was a pre-record that wasn't live, oh. which means that that came off the exact way that they wanted it to. Yeah. Like, perfect, because she would have had time to redo it. Because I so that came off exactly the way that they wanted it to. Screen grabbing uh, Don Jr. Yes. Don Trump Jr. Well, because he was like a slit-eyed, sweaty mess last yeah. night, right? And then Stephen Colbert goes at uh, Don Jr. saying this on a show last night. One of the most anticipated speakers of the night was presidential son Donald Trump Jr. seen here pointing to the next endangered animal he would like to murder. Oh, wow. According to one campaign aide, Don Jr. represents the emotional center of the MAGA universe. It makes sense. He's like a black hole in that he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was his keynote address and that he looked like he had snorted a key. So before I tell you what he said, can we zoom in on Junior's sweaty face and wet, bloodshot eyes? Either he's high or that's what happens when you live in the splash zone of screaming Guilfoyle. (laughs) (laughs) Just just bring a poncho. Oh my god, that's so good! And you know, before that, right? Like, there because Donald Trump brought in like people that worked on The Apprentice with him to produce this thing, and you know that they just went to everybody and said, "Hey, listen, we need to make news, but just don't be the meme, right? Do whatever you got to do. You're going to write these speeches. We're going to go out there. You're going to crush it. Just don't be the meme. Every single part of every single speech was a meme." And it's not, and you're not nitpicking. Like that Kimberly Guilfoyle speech was unhinged. Don Jr. looked like he had COVID. <laughs> like recent too. Like, like, like he just got like out of he it. Just, like he's in the throes of it right yeah. now, right? So yeah, that's what went on. Uh, that's what went on last night. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Hey, did you ever watch the Powerpuff Girls? Uh, no, my sisters uh, watch that show, though. Why, what's going on? Uh, so, they're reimagining the Powerpuff Girls. For the CW, they're developing a live-action reboot based on the Powerpuff Girls, which, of course, aired on uh, as a cartoon between 98 and 2005. So, after six years of frequently saving Townsville from evildoers, Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup are set for a reboot as grown-up versions of the formerly preschool-age sisters. So the project, which is being put together by Diablo Cody, reimagines the Powerpuff Girls as, quote, disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having lost their childhood to crime fighting. (laughs) Okay, I'm into it now. But despite their initial resistance, it appears that these super-powered siblings will reunite as, quote, the world needs them more than ever now. (laughs) So live-action version of the Powerpuff Girls. The CW has just been killing it with all the shows lately. So. Uh, I'd be interested in seeing this. I agree. Uh, Big news from uh, Usain Bolt. He had this message for fans. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Um, That's waking up. 
Um, like everybody has checked social media. Saw that social media saying I'm confirmed of COVID-19. Um, I did a test on Saturday to leave because I work. Um, trying to be responsible, so I'm going to stay in and stay from my friends. And also, I'm having no symptoms, so going to quarantine myself um, and wait on the confirmation to see what is the protocol and how should I go about quarantining myself from the Ministry of Health. So until then, uh, talk to all my friends and tell them that they're going to come in contact with me should, just to be safe, quarantined by yourself and just to take it easy. So yes, yeah, so Usain Bolt tested positive for COVID-19 following his mask-free 34th birthday celebration in Jamaica last week. Oh, come on, bro. Like, you're fast, but you're not faster than COVID. Right? <laughs> you can't outrun COVID. It's like that big party that happened Many in Vancouver over the weekend. Do you see that? No. There was like 40 or 50 people all crammed into this one-bedroom apartment in Vancouver on Friday night. How many? 40 to 50. Oh, God. And then the cops showed up. Yeah. And everyone had to get out. And then this idiot that owns a place threw a party the very next night. Had like maybe 15 people. Yeah. Cops showed up again. Noise complaint. Brutal. And gave one person, one douchebag who was there, was like talking back and like not wanting to leave and gave that guy a ticket. Yeah. They should. 230 bucks. Ticket all you want. I'm all for ticketing. Um, but uh, but yeah, Vancouver's a weird one because they were like really doing well and they had that whole Vancouver thing of where they think that they're better than everybody. <laughs> what it's true, Vancouver? right? It's true. It's true. Toronto has the same thing. Montreal has the same thing. We all have the same thing. I get it. Uh, but they were doing real well. And, and there's a point where I was like, oh my God, Vancouver is doing much better than everybody. And then it all just went to hell because it's almost like they opened up everything too soon. Yeah. Where oh, they just I thought that it, it wasn't it wasn't an issue. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just a big giant issue. And now you look at people where they're becoming Brampton, where we oh, see what happens. Don't even get me started on Brampton. <laughs> right? we don't, see. Think, don't think I'm not watching. Just no, because you're not in the no. news, don't think I'm not watching. You still got one eye on Brampton? I still, I'm still <laughs> I'm still checking to see what's going on out there in Brampton. All right? I'm and, still uh, watching to see what Patrick Brown, the mayor of Brampton, is so saying. So AJ McLean is apparently going to be on Dancing with the Stars. What? Yeah. So Wait. And I don't know how this leaked. they announced every, No, already? they're not announcing until oh. September 2nd. But there's a couple names that have been dropped. Uh-oh. Like rumored names? Rumored names. Ooh, okay. Who? So AJ McLean. Uh-huh. Anne Hesh. What? Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard that name in forever. And Carol Baskin. Stop it. <laughs> she murdered her husband. I allegedly. know. I know. They better look out. She's going to murder one of them dancers, so allegedly. Here's, uh, here's a clip of AJ McLean talking about uh, working out, and he sort of drops a huge tease. You tell me if this isn't him saying that he's going to be on the free, gluten-free, sugar-free, completely sober. Um, a lot of surprises coming from me. I uh, can't tell you guys exactly what yet, but um, I'm doing this to get in the best shape of my life and to be healthy and to be happy. There's something else coming up. Can't tell you what it is, but um, believe me, you'll know why based on that. Oh, yeah, you're doing dancing. Grain-free, gluten-free, sugar-free, and alcohol-free. What a boring life. Basically, I'm just eating air. (laughs) (laughs) And don't get me wrong. You do you, but the idea, I had a hamburger last night, Mm -hmm. full gluten bun. 
Yeah. Because sometimes I'll have the gluten-free bun. I went full gluten. I had gravy and everything. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Give me it all. Yeah. It's never good when Catherine opens up her phone to order food and is like, hey, do you want me to do you want me to order you guys something tonight? Because when I do it, I don't have like the shame of saying my order out loud. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. But when Catherine does, I have to shout it across the room. Right. And yeah, and I'm like, and <laughs> and, <laughs> well, she, and can you make sure they got the problem, though, is that she'll take my order and then just immediately look at Rox and go, okay, what do you want? And uh-huh. then I have to wait till Roxy's done. I go, I, I mean, one more thing for me, <laughs> please. Because <laughs> if we're doing it, let's do it. Sure, right? Like, that's the thing. If we're doing it, let's do it. So it was double cheeseburger, oh. right? Fries and gravy. Yeah. With, I needed the chicken fingers on the side. Like, oh, my God. I, I, you okay. ever put some away for the next day? No, I, I clean it all. <laughs> I it all. am done. What's the point? Yeah, what's the point? Enjoy it in the moment. Yes. If I want food tomorrow, we'll order food tomorrow. <laughs> right? We have the ability and, to do that. And, and <laughs> yes. one but more I, thing. I know. And then I start to feel terrible about myself because I'm like, well, you there, know. There was a person downtown who I guess they were doing like the AJ thing with no sugar or whatever. But they needed to tell everybody. So there was a big sign in the window and how many days they were with no oh, sugar. Oh, that was a famous window. I know. Really? Oh, yeah. every day. They, and it was like up to like hundreds. No, they got to a thousand. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think it was I think it was a thousand. Then they took it down. But it was and by they put the up McDonald's. A, and, they, and they put up a picture of... Um, of uh, the the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I love that. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. So, uh, NBC got ripped yesterday uh, for mistaking Kevin Hart for Usain Bolt. So they... Come on, <laughs> man. So they published a picture of Kevin Hart instead of Usain Bolt underneath the headline of Usain Bolt having COVID-19. It changed him so much, he looks like Kevin Hart. <laughs> right? Um, Kevin Hart laughed it off. So this is what Kevin Hart wrote. I must have gotten really fast and tall overnight. I want to take advantage of this moment and race anybody in the world. P.S. This is disrespectful on so many levels. All you can do is laugh. Maybe the COVID-19 shrunk his legs and torso. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, NBC blamed the mix-up on a, quote, technical error, saying in the content management system, a social image, a social image was not selected and the system reverted to an image from a Kevin Hart uh, story. So there that's you go. like um, every now and then Shem, who works on the Raza Mocha show. Yeah. Because he does stuff on uh, City TV. Oh, yes, I know. Breakfast television. So every now and then they will put his name as Shamar Moore. I know. Because <laughs> I, even, I even understand if they just, if they made the mistake of just calling you Shamar because you're like, okay, what's Shem short for? They like to use proper names on the news. Obviously Shamar. But to go full Shamar Moore. Yeah. You got to live up like- to them abs, bro. <laughs> 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 Did you say not that far-fetched? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, Bella Thorne, former Disney star, should be noted, Bella Thorne, made a million dollars on OnlyFans in 24 hours and $2 million in under a week. Mm. And she's not doing anything X-rated, um, but I guess she's posting like bikini pics and stuff like that because that's what people do on OnlyFans. She charges her fans $20 per month. So she charges them $20 a month and she made a million dollars in 24 hours. Woo! $2 million in under a week. And I said to you that the two of us, we should We should join start. We should. And start a Razamoka OnlyFans. We should. 
I fully agree. We need to capitalize on the technology and the next platform. I did not. Well, I, did, I was too old for TikTok. But I'll tell you, this body ain't too old for OnlyFans. Like, would we post, like, pictures of us in... Like, wrestling and stuff. Wrestling? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. Like, we'll get, I'll like, tights that. and stuff. Like, <laughs> like tight tights? <laughs> yeah, like wrestling tights. We'll, we'll go for a swim. Mm. Right? <laughs> I was going to say, like, we a bathing can, we can suit. Do pictures. No, don't oh. need your input on this, Maury, at all. Saying, we got this. We got this. No, we got this, Maury. We can make more with video. Get out of here, <laughs> you weirdo. Maury's looking to sign off right away. I have all these requests, uh, guys. You could braid my hair, right? <laughs> I got that sure. long hair now. Yeah. You could braid my hair. I think we could hmm. do stuff. I, we so could trim I. our beards together, just side by side, you and me in a mirror. We say nothing. It's like beard trimming ASMR. Ooh. Right? I okay. think that, that would be cool to do on OnlyFans. How much would people pay it, do you think, for our OnlyFans if it was both of us, like a package deal? 20 bucks. 20 bucks? You think 20 bucks? Two people? Two for, yeah, you're right. Two people. Maybe. I'll let you rub uh, suntan lotion on my... Uh, but... What? Okay. You, no, I'm good. I, I don't want like you to on burn. my shoulders. No, no, I'm, I don't want you to burn. Yeah, 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 I'll help you out with that. Do, what, most what? Pe- what most people do, you got to give them a month free to sort of get used to what you're doing. <laughs> a month? Please. <laughs> No. There's no way. I'm no. starting. No, no, no. We're not no. giving a month for No, me. I'm no. not rubbing I'm not rubbing lotion on Mocha's <laughs> shoulders on, for free. I'll do it. I'll do it for 20 bucks. <laughs> Absolutely. The SPF 30, please. <laughs> uh Raptor star Fred Van Vliet was uh, not taking any basketball questions yesterday. He was only answering questions about Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times in the back by police, leaving him paralyzed. This is Fred Van Vliet yesterday. We're the ones always with the microphones in our face. We're the ones always who have to make a stand. But like, you know, we're the oppressed ones and the responsibility falls on us to make a change to stop being oppressed. You know what I'm saying? Like, at what point does it, do we not have to speak about it anymore? Like, are we gonna hold everybody accountable or we're just gonna put the spotlight on black people or black athletes or entertainers and say, what are you doing? What are you contributing to your community? What are you putting on the line? And then us too, we got to take responsibility as well. Like, what are we willing to give up? Do we actually give a f- about what's going on? Or does it, is it just cool to wear, you know, Black Lives Matter on, on the backdrop or wear a t-shirt? Like, what does that really mean? Is it really doing anything? So... And Raptors coach Nick Nurse said that the organization will support the players if it does come down to a boycott. Well, we might. I think it's um, being talked about, you know, as far as, um, you know, what may happen with the games. I, I think that, um, you know, I, th- I think everybody's done everything they can do with wearing T-shirts and hats and painting the floors and Kneeling and you know they're just they just they want to they want to make more of an impact they don't they want they want things to stop so that they may have to you know move things up another notch I just I just think that they want uh, they want more action they want more action and and um, they're seeking answers and last night in Wisconsin uh, two people were killed uh, one person uh, severely injured in shootings that went on during the unrest i guess there's like people who are protecting businesses with guns and oh my god it's such a sad Gary. it's such a sad mess mm-hmm. and now it's time for ask Roz and mocha, Roz and mocha. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. 
Jenny, what's going on? It's Raza Mocha. Hey, good. How are you? Good. All right. So what's your question for the podcast? All right. What food do you have absolutely no self-control around when it's in your house? Oh, wow. So for more, it's everything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So here's the problem, though, is that I'm the one that generally buys all the food anyway. So it's not like I discover something that is there and and I can't help myself. Like I will buy certain things knowing that I will devour them. Yeah. But so, self-control, like if you bought a box of cookies, you can leave them on the counter, have one today, one tomorrow. Chips is always my thing. Yeah. And they the, that new brand of um, Pocky brand uh, Salsa Verde Too chips, easy to get through. I, I eat the whole bag. Like it's just, there's no option. There is no option. If it's open, the whole thing is going in my stomach. Yeah. Like there's no, I've never rolled it back up and put it back in the pantry to finish it off later. That's why I buy them two at a time. I would say chips is always a finisher. Yeah. Right? Um, much like you, the enjoyment of chips. And also candy, like Swedish berries, I'll eat an entire bag. Um, fuzzy peach, sour kids, the mm-hmm. sour patch kids, like any of those, I will open a bag and when I sit down, I will go through that entire bag in that sitting. There will be no leftovers whatsoever. Right. That's mine. Damn Mori? Cheese. Specific cheese or no, or, or... I'm just, I love all cheese. cheese. Like, I'll buy, I'll sometimes pop into the to the Raba and get, like, they have cubed cheese in, like, a container, yeah. and I'll just sit and cheese. Cheese can get expensive, though. Like, oh, if you're, if yeah. you're really into cheese, that's an expensive, expensive also, you habit. Con- don't you get constipated eating so much cheese? Hell no. I oh, think wow. I've worked up an intolerance to the cheese cubes. Cheese. Uh, how also, about you, Jenny? Do you have any, uh, like, anything in your house that's, like, zero self-control whatsoever if you're around it? It's got to be chips. I feel like my serving of chips is like half the bag. And then usually even like when I open the bag, I'll reach down to the bottom of the bag just to get the ones with like the most flavor on it first. Uh, Yeah. One of those. Man, when when Lay's introduced family size, that was a game changer. (laughs) Never mind. What about the Costco size ones? I know. It's like the size of your arm, those bags. Yeah. Um, What? I'm sure there's an answer for this. Can I I pause for one second? You know what I've really been into lately? Tell me. Okay. So what's, first of all, I need to know the difference between, what's the difference between ruffles and ripples? Which ones are the little ones and which ones are the big Bigger ones, like as far as the the waves go. I think ripples have bigger waves, bigger space in between the lines than ruffles, or maybe it's the other way. One's around. a blue bag, one's a red bag. Ruffles is the blue bag. Yeah, ruffles. Okay, is blue. so ripples are the ones where the the, the, the there's oh, a the wider thicker. gap. Yes, it's a right. wider gap. Yes. So what I've been eating a lot of lately is I grab a bag of ripples, uh-huh. crack that open with a tub of hummus. Oh, yeah? Chips and hummus. Oh. All but right. It breaks when you're trying to get no, some of the hummus. No, because those are thick chips. I guess you really you can't dig too deep into the hummus or it's going to break. Well, I, Catherine does because she eats way too much hummus on one chip. What if you use chip. a knife and I put get, it on the chip? No, no, no. You, you, you just go in it. Like, it's like, it's, it's like hummus is no thicker than like French onion dip. Have you ever tried chips with baba, baba ganoush? What's baba ganoush? Eggplant dip. No, don't like eggplant. Oh, no? No. Baba Ganesh is pretty good. Is there garlic in it? Yes. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. there is. Oh, maybe I would. It's really good. Um, I will add popcorn and Viva Puffs to my list. What is a Viva Puff? A Viva Puff is a cookie with marshmallow 
a little bit of cherry, and it's all covered in chocolate. Oh, those things. Oh. <laughs> you know what the I worst had is? one of those when I was a kid one time? Yeah. Oh, they're rancid. You know what that reminds me of? Do you guys remember, um, I, I don't know, how, how old are you, Jenny? I am 36. Do you remember the, the chocolate bar Big Turk? Yeah. yeah it's still yes. around. It's still around. Is that still around? Yeah. Oh, that's probably in... Like the most disgusting chocolate bar I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. Now was I that was, was that once? Yeah. Was Big Turk the same thing as Turkish Delight? Oh, I don't know. Was it? I yeah. think it has like a things. jelly in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah. covered in chocolate. Ugh. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Hey, can no, somebody answer this? And I don't know if you know the answer, Jenny. I'm sure it's out there. I'm just thinking about it now. I don't want to look it up. But why, when you buy a bag of chips, is there so much air? that's in there that fills a bag and like such a little amount of chips. Sometimes you'll open a bag yeah. and it may be like half of what that bag is are chips or sometimes just below half. Why it, don't they just like fill it's, it I, I believe it's to protect the integrity of the chips. There has to be a certain amount of air in there for transport gotcha. to where things don't get all crushed. So here's a story for you. So one time my dad and I were at the store and realized that there was a, a bunch of bags that only had air. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing else. There was no chips? No chips. This one I kid. There was only air in them. So my dad's like... Like how many? I guess there was... Well, we only bought... Well, let me finish the story. So we bought four bags, okay? And my dad then went home and called the company and complained and got... And they sent cases to the house. So my dad's like, you see, economically... I spent money on those four bags, but I saved money because they sent two cases to the house. How do you how do you even stock a shelf with a bag like that would just yeah. fall out of your hand like there would be nothing in it? I know I was quite young, so I don't remember the details. Right, I think oh. your dad but lied to you. How did your dad? Know I was there. I was that- there. Like, was he just, like, standing there feeling up all the bags of chips? We think, looking back, we think they were display bags. Like, they were just to look, like, like filler. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Like, to make it look like there's more on the shelf. Wow, so you guys scammed a chip company. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jenny, thanks so much. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. But you didn't have to, if like, did he, did he provide video evidence to the chip company or no? No, like the UPC or UP, whatever that the barcode number oh, is. Oh, wow. Jeez. But oh, I guess. That deep but, into scamming, but, huh? but, but could he not have just bought a bag of chips and then called the company to say, hey, I just bought a bag of chips that were completely empty. Here's the UPC number. Yeah, sure. But I guess in his mind, he's like, if I. He wanted to be bigger. honest. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Matthew James has a great question. Okay. Yeah. After how many slices of pizza are you feeling you've made a mistake and are disgusted with yourself? Never. Zero. Assuming you bought a pizza with typical slice sizes, regular cheese and just pepperoni. How deep are you going? I'm doing the whole pizza. A full, like I, a size large, let's say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rox will usually have, like, Rox and I will split a pizza oftentimes. Yeah. But I I don't know when the last time I had pizza was where I felt like I had too much pizza. I think anything beyond, like, four slices and I'm good. And I know I shouldn't be having a fifth or sixth. Really? Yeah. By the time, like, halfway through the fifth slice, I'm yeah. like, okay. I'm already here. I might as well go for slice number six. Hey, can, can I tell you something with me and pizza that I realized? What? To me, pizza is not a full meal. I have to have something else with it. Really? Yeah. Like what? I have to have like either wings or I have to have meatballs Ooh. or I have to have something with it. I don't know when the last time was I just had pizza. 
Oh, you know what's good with it? The popcorn chicken that you can get with the pizza. See, even that, even that's fine. I'm fine with that. Really? Yeah. I, so to pizza's me, not a meal on no, its own. No, to me, pizza is not enough. Unless it's just a slice. Unless uh-huh. I just want to go for a slice where you pick one up or whatever, then that's fine. But to have pizza for dinner, I've never had like just pizza. Really? No. I always have to have something else with it. To me, pizza needs a partner. Even if I go to like a fancy pizza place, one of those joints, yeah, I'll get like a, bi- a like a big thick you know, meatball with it or something like that. Yeah, always, actually, you know always, what? always, always. We ordered pizza last week, like on Thursday. Yeah. And we got like a bunch of things on the side. Always. As well. I have to. And I think I plowed through four, four slices yeah. with I, all the mm, other sides. I think too. it's the dipping sauce that puts me over the edge. Right? Like I've I never have, used it. See, I love the dipping sauce, but that's what makes me feel like I've had too much. Do you have the garlic dipping sauce or yes. the marinara dipping the sauce? Garlic. The garlic. Oh, and you know, my complaint to the so pizza good. companies, and I've actually voiced this and they didn't listen, shocking, mm-hmm. is that they need to give you different sizes of the, of the dipping sauce. Like there should be a large dipping sauce as right. opposed to the standard. Ah, you don't need you that should much call sauce. them up and tell them that you got one that was empty. <laughs> and they'll send you a case. Yeah, yeah it's two true. Cases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chantel says here, uh, Razamoka, have you guys ever noticed how Dammit Mori kind of looks like a young George Costanza from Seinfeld? Is it me or am I crazy? And then she uh, oh. supplied this picture wow. of George from an episode of where he's supposed to appear young. In high school? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode where the, the gym teacher called him Can't Stand You. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say no more. He does not remind me. He's no. got like a black afro. Yeah, in, uh, I would in, say if anything, more he looks too much like. Um like Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis, yeah. he yeah. only looks like Rick Moranis to me. Like, like Maury only looks like Seth Rick Green. Moranis. Rick Moranis. No, not at all. No, no, no. Maybe when you were like young in your 20s, you might have looked like Somebody Seth Somebody said I look like Superman. Superman! <laughs> okay. No, Clark Kent. Isn't that Superman before he's Superman when he's not Superman? Superman. Spoiler alert. Clark like, Kent. Giving up the guy's real info. man. <laughs> Who said that you because look like Clark now Kent? Now I have like the slicked back hair and the black rimmed glasses. Who said that? Maybe maybe Hold the on, essence of it, but oh, nobody it said you look like comment. Superman. It was an Instagram comment. Okay, but yeah, but because just because people are looking at like slicked hair and glasses, saying, "Hey, that's a very Superman look." Nobody's saying you look like that's Superman. That's what he said. A Superman look. Yeah, nobody's saying you look like Superman. Wait, is that why you've been wearing new glasses lately? Because you're hoping that somebody says. Like in this room that you look like no, Superman. No, no. My dreams to be like Elton John and have a drawer full of glasses. And how many are you at right now? Four. Four. Okay. <laughs> drawer full. Uh, Robin Vance asks if you were gonna bury, if you were going to bury a time capsule, oh. what would you put in it? Jeez. Like obviously things that when you dig it up that you want to remember the moment. It's tough because so much of everything moves so fast and I don't feel that we're at risk of something ever going away or that it would be a huge surprise to somebody. Like, like I, you could say I put the iPhone 10 because in 50 years, somebody would pick up the iPhone 10 and be like, what is this crazy thing? It's not a chip in your head, you know, like that kind of stuff. I thought it was but, what she means is more stuff so about you. Yeah, no, but like, what about me? Like, I have this jar full of my dog's baby teeth. I thought I could put my dog's teeth in the time oh, capsule. For what, though? For what, though? So, like, that way, like, years from now, it's like, you know, a sort of like a jar or a bin full of all of your memories. Like, I have 
um, the first ever birthday card that my husband gave to me. But you have that already in a time capsule. It's just your house. Like time capsules are things of, of the moment that you put something in there that is meaningful to you or popular right now, or we all can't get enough of in the moment. And then you put it in the time capsule and then you open it up years later to get a glimpse of what everybody See, was doing at no, that moment. I watched a Netflix movie once. I think it was Netflix where at the beginning of the high school season, when you first started high school, everyone built a time capsule. And then when you graduated high school, you dug up your time capsule so that you remember who you were at, at that time. At the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I just said. Right. Did I not explain it well yeah. at all? No, you did. I understood. Like, and more, I fully explained no, but not the like process. IPhone. Like, maybe, like, it's, like, a, something about you. Like, no, but what I'm saying is that, okay, of that moment, if, okay, if going into grade nine, right, People were obsessed with Tamagotchi. Yeah. You put a Tamagotchi in there. Oh, my God. And then at the end of grade 12, you're going through the time capsule and you're like, oh, my God, remember how everybody was obsessed with these? Right. It's things of the moment. You saw the movie because it was no, a Tamagotchi. No, I have no idea. I don't even know oh. what you're talking about. I just know common <laughs> sense, more. <Maureen. laughs> right? That's what I'm talking about. It's of the moment. It's not dog teeth. <laughs> right? I would just choose something simple, like that day's newspaper of like everything. But that, the problem the is, is that events, you can right? get that on but your phone. You can phone get that on your now. phone. Yeah, no. Like that's the that's the thing. What about like like if, your baby's shoes. No, because it's not of the moment. Okay. Like you would put in your shoes of that day. You know you what really, I would really probably put them. in? Actually, now that I think about it, yeah. I'd put in uh one of the masks that I wear out in public all the time. Sure. I would put that in. And you would not be able to leave the house until the until four years from now until you dug it up. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> right? What about a mask? A recording, what if you recorded something? Yes, like a message to your future self. Yes. A hundred percent. That that is see? that is good content for what do you see? Mean, see? <laughs> he explained it the first time. This All is, you did this was re explain it. Got right. You re explained it poorly using different words. Poorly. Yeah. <sighs> Sweet you don't capsule. listen to me. Nobody <laughs> listens to me. Nicole asks, would you rather live in a cottage surrounded by forest or a beach house by the ocean? Beach house Ooh. by the ocean. Beach 100%. house by the ocean because yeah. forests get scary at night. No, they're buggy. Too many bugs. No bugs. No, no, beach mos no mosquitoes well. by the by the beach house. No, but I remember when I went to overnight camp and it was in the woods and stuff and at nighttime or whatever, like they like it can get quite scary. Oh my god, yeah. It gets so dark at my cottage. Uh -huh. Roxy had a, a friend sleepover and <laughs> Roxy woke up the next morning and, and the, the two kids were talking and I was overhearing what they were saying. And they were lying in bed, right? And they were doing that thing where you open your eyes and close your eyes and it's just as dark. Like nothing. It makes no difference oh, when, you, when your eyes yeah, are open scary. to when your eyes are closed. And they were talking about how weird it was and how scary it was because it's the first time either of them have ever experienced that. That's dark. Yeah, dark. Can you imagine you playing that game and when you open your eyes, you see a set of eyes looking at you? Yes, oh, I know. Oh, 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 that'd be so scary. Oh, you should have done that to her. Do what? what? Like it's when they're stop playing the it, game. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Torture children? No. Just stop it! Just stop it! <laughs> yeah, no. Mine is always my answer would be uh, beach house by the ocean because yeah. I just love the sound of waves coming in. Have you ever slept on a boat? Yeah, uh, many times. Have I slept? And water on beds a, don't count. A boat? No. I don't. I don't like sleeping on a boat. I, I mean, I don't enjoy. It. I slept on a cruise ship, that's, but I'm talking no, no, about no, like a small, a like a sailboat. Where you thing. feel it? Yeah. Yeah. No. no, no I never. Have. Never. I have. And I don't think I ever will. Yeah. I don't it's like not, that feeling. 
Listen, boats are so expensive. Mm-hmm. Boats are crazy expensive. And on a boat, even big boats, the room you can't fit in the bathroom. The I got to crouch walk it down the hallway. The, the the bed is like some weird half round teardrop shape thing that you and another person have to try and squeeze into. There's nothing comfortable about a boat. During the day when the sun is out and you're on the deck up top and you're hanging out, but then you get like some guy who, you know, is driving the boat and they make you do stupid things like uh, anywhere else in life, right? Yeah. So you could be at somebody's house and you could walk into the kitchen at any point, walk into the backyard at any point, and like the dad or the mom or whatever it is, they could be cooking or they could be mowing the lawn or they could be looking after a kid or they could be whatever. And there's no rules to walking in the room, right? Mm -hmm. But, oh, no, you go on the boat, right? And all of a sudden, when you're walking, like, up the ladder to the thing, you have to announce yourself and be like, permission to come, uh, uh, whatever, captain. And then, like, (laughs) and and then, and then the dad, yeah, and then the dad goes, granted, Right? No. Or noted. Yes. There's all these. You have to announce yourself yes. to the There's captain. There's all these stupid little rules. <laughs> Permission of nah. No. Like if you're on the boat, right, and yeah. then like the part where the driver sits is like up top, and you want to climb up the ladder to maybe go hang out and see what the views like up there, you have to do like an official announcement. What? That's right? The dumbest yes. thing oh, it's so stupid. Is that just the person you were no, with? No, it happened on multiple people really? on multiple boats that I've been on. It is so, and they all take it so seriously, yeah. right? It's like a safety thing. You have to, like, what's going to happen? Nothing is going to happen, right? But you have to announce yourself before you come Hi. up. And you <laughs> see everybody doing it. And, like, there could be four people all going up, and each person gets on the ladder, like, permission to come to the things, Captain. And he's like, <laughs> sure. It's Why? Is so, it because the captain? No, oh, it's because the captain so wants to feel like stupid. a big deal, yes. right? But all people who drive boats want to feel like a big deal, and they all make oh, you do that. Oh, this is all regular boats. All Just- regular Regular boats. I've noticed though, while I'm down here. by the water, all boat drivers wear those sailor hats. There's, okay, listen, boat people are awful. There, I've said it. <laughs> They're insufferable, insufferable douches who have spent way too much money on something that is just not worth it. You, you know, know what? This is my dream, right? What boats? Yes. You will never be able to afford a boat. <laughs> like we sit down there pointing out which boats we would love. Do you know how much those boats are? Oh, lots of money. Like more like, than my condo. Like four hundred thousand dollars. More. Right? More. No, but if we win the lottery, yeah. then we'll buy a boat. Okay. And you'll I'm have not, to ask I'm permission not, no, to come I'm up not, on I'm the- not coming on your boat. <laughs> yeah, I'm no. not asking you permission for anything. <laughs> permission aboard, no. oh, Captain Maury. So, I, and yeah. I know people are going to back me up on this because it's so it's so self-righteous. Well, uh-huh. then if they it's spent so that much, then live the life. If you no. spent that much. And, I, and at that point, I'm like, I don't even want to be on your stupid boat. Yeah, I'm out. Right? I'm out. <laughs> I, was in the, I was in the States and uh, I was with somebody and we were on their family's their family's boat and it was insufferable the rules that were on the boat like like so awful and then when the boat docks the worst part is then the boat comes up to shore even small boats come up to shore and they're like all right everybody get off and then you want to just go up to the house and grab a sandwich and whatever have a beer but no now you got to stay and you got to help put everything away and you got to pack my boat. you got to pack up the boat and you got to get a big giant tarp and you got to snap 500 snaps to the top you of this you have to do that yeah you have to help if you're going to be on the boat and then you get lectured on like boat etiquette and boat safety Ugh. and boat everything else and i'm like it's not for me i i've, I've never enjoyed being on somebody's boat see i would never. like to know those rules before getting on the boat well, on yeah. somebody's boat yeah like if somebody said to me hey by the way at the end of the trip 
here's what typically happens. We got to clip in all these things. We got to do this. We got to clean oh, up. We got to do this. such this, a this, pain this. in the ass. I'd be like, ah, uh, I'm not really a boat person, and I don't, not really, I'm not a boat person, and no. I don't want to be responsible for doing something wrong that may damage or wreck your boat. No, no, no. Hold on here. Let me just, um... What are you looking at? Like rules of the boat? Yeah, I want to find out what you have to say to the to the to the, the regular civilian captain of these stupid boats. Uh, what do I look up? What's the announcing like, what yourself I... to a captain of a boat? Yes, yourself to boat captain. Okay, hold on here. What do we got here? Etiquette for boating. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's an etiquette to boarding. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay let's okay. go. There's an etiquette to boarding a vessel, okay. and there are several practicality practicality factors as well. Uh, here's a quick guide to put your best boat shoe forward oh. <laughs> before you board. When you are heading down to the boat, you should pay attention to the parking lot uh, to see if there's any material, whatever, small rocks, everything else. As you arrive to the boat, either check your the soles of your shoes or take your shoes off because you might track some dirt onto the boat. If you accidentally pick up a rock, da-da-da-da-da. Scratch a boat. Um, blah, 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 sharks. Octopus. Oh, yeah. Uh, if the boat is very small and lightweight, it might rock as you step aboard. This is why you announce, coming aboard to everyone. <laughs> So, um, boarding as a guest, while it might sound odd or old-fashioned, you have to say, permission to come aboard. <laughs> okay? Permission denied. No, yeah, and then you have to wait for somebody to say, permission granted oh, before come you come on. aboard. You can't just say permission to come Does aboard and then walk why? on. Yeah, it's just etiquette, man. There's all these, like, stupid little rules for boats. So I gotta wait yes. before somebody says... Go yes, ahead. and especially especially now that you're not even allowed to drink on boats anymore. Yeah, that's dumb. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough about boats. That's all the boaters <laughs> <Yeah>. out there. <laughs> Justin asks, what type of cheese do you guys like? Oh, Maury, we're going to touch on cheese again here. Go ahead. Ooh. Here we go, Maury. Okay, if you ever have the chance to get Portuguese cheese from the Azores, cage, which is... Portuguese for cheese, Cage Saint George. What kind is it? What kind of cheese? It's like is a, that? It's a very, a very strong, bittery cheese. Ew. But no, but it's really good. <laughs> Portuguese cheese bitters? <laughs> Why would I want okay. that? How about something that we can like more commonly get? You know what I had a slice of the other day? Swiss cheese. I had Swiss yesterday as well. That is a fantastic yeah, cheese. Swiss is good. Swiss I is really always good. love a good bocconcini or mozzarella. Oh yes, bocconcini. Mm. And would cottage cheese be considered cheese? Sure. Why okay, I like the word that. cheese in it, bro. I know, but it comes in a tub. Yeah, but so, so is what? bocconcini. No, okay, so cottage cheese too, yeah. yeah. Oh, I also like feta. Yeah, I like no, feta a lot. I eat, I eat a lot of feta. I used to eat a lot of goat cheese. I eat mm. a lot of feta now. But I will say I will say this. I'm a bit of a cheese snob. Ooh. In that, when it comes to a hamburger, uh-huh. there is one cheese and one cheese only that belongs on a hamburger, and no other cheese is acceptable. That's processed cheese slices. Mm, so good. Anytime, if I go to a restaurant and they have like, and they say real Canadian aged cheddar on the burger, yeah. I will not order it. Really? Nope. Can you just ask for it without the cheese? But I like a cheeseburger though. Uh, but that doesn't make you snob because what you're saying is a good cheese is cheap. 
Yes, but what I mean is I'm snobbing as in the sense that I have very particular rules for certain cheeses on certain things. I know, but you're not like sticking your nose up because you're like... sticking my nose down? What are you saying? Because it's cheaper (laughs) cheese. So noted. So if I ever have you over for a barbecue... Yes. ...and I uh, quite often use cheese... Yes. ...I should be prepared with... Uh, processed cheese. Yes. What, what kind of cheese do you put on burgers when you make them? Uh, mozzarella, sometimes cheddar or marble. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just the slices. It's too oil. It's too. I don't like the way because it doesn't have the the gelatin process where it melts perfectly. Those cheeses don't melt. They they get oily on the top. Yep. And then they oh. sort of melt a little bit, but they don't stay consistent. What where if you melt the cheese in advance? Cheese, if you go with a fancier cheese I've, and you melt it in advance. What do you mean? Huh? Like you heat up the cheese Doesn't, in advance no, and no, pour because, it on. No, because then you got to make a cheese sauce, which is then you got to put some sort of dairy in it, uh, some sort of thickener in it. And it's just, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. The just one thing I'll say slice. about the, the processed cheese, which I agree, it's really good on burgers, is that, um, and I understand why you like it so much, is that the cheese... As it melts, it wraps around the burger perfectly, mm, right? Yes. No matter what shape you make that burger, no, it always perfect. wraps around perfect. Yes, and, right. those, and I find those other cheeses take too long to melt, where uh, the way that I melt a cheese on a burger is as soon as the burger is flipped, Yeah. so I cook one side, and then as soon as the burger is flipped, that piece of cheese goes on the hot flip side. Yeah. And then I have a top, a dome, uh-huh. right? And I take the dome, it's got a handle on it, and you squirt a tiny little bit of water into the pan, and then you dome it, and then it steams the cheese. For how long? Like maybe 15 seconds. Really? Yeah. And then by that by that time, the bottom of the, the burger is cooked. The cheese is perfectly melted on the bun in the mouth. And the processed cheese slices are also really good, as Mocha mentioned, to wrap around something. That's why I use it when I wrap around a hot dog to microwave it because then it sticks to Whoa. it. Whoa. That's gross. Just wait. Do you... So wait a second. So you wrap around processed cheese around a hot dog and then what do you put it on a plate and microwave it so all the cheese just melts around it that's right Oof, so you don't put it in a bun and melt it no 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 and then no. you just you cut it up with fork and knife and away you go wow and how many of those are you eating in one sitting four four oh. <laughs> <laughs> when's the last time you had when's the last time you had four hot dogs mocha oh God, um, I mean, but without the bun, it, does it really count as four? I, I'm going to get my, my, uh, my number was Thursday. That was the no! last, I had four hot dogs on Thursday. With bun? Yeah, with bun. And Fiexens? Uh, bag of chips. Oh. <laughs> Back to the chips. Four. Yeah, salt and vinegar <sighs> chips. Hot dogs with mustard and a bag of salt and vinegar chips. That was my dinner. When was the last time? Four hot dogs. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, can, I can only I, I eat four remember. now. I, I can only remember. eat four. I won't have, if I go to the fridge and I'm really wanting a hot dog and there's only two hot dogs, I won't have hot dogs. What? Two's not enough. Are you serious? No, it's not enough. You wouldn't even like double up on the chips that you eat? No, it's not enough for me. Three minimum. Four is like the perfect let's amount. let's say you had two hot dogs and like two bags of chips. Yeah, no. Right? Nope. You wouldn't eat the two hot dogs and then fill up the rest of your stomach with chips? No, sir. No, I wouldn't. It's like you would leave the, those hot dogs and yeah. just like find something I else? I would find something else. Oh, well, you have yeah. to, you're on the same diet as The Rock. Why? Well, he eats like four hot dogs. And- yeah, I know. Look at me, Maury. <laughs> <laughs> Every week on Instagram, you will see at Kiss925. That is where you can uh, ask The Razamoka Show your questions, and we will try our best to answer as many as we can. This has been The Razamoka Show Podcast. 
Thanks for listening to the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Catch the guys live. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. On KISS 92.5. KISS 92.5.com. Or download the KISS 92.5 app.